This show is brought to you by the Fantasy Football by Brodo app, the only app you need to dominate fantasy football and become your own expert. In this app is fantasy player cards with every single fantasy viable stat, fantasy player grades, usage charts, start sit tools, who to draft tools, player comps, podcasts, consistency charts, game logs, coaching tendencies, articles, rankings, waivers, and every stat and advanced stat you need, including stats you can only find at Brodo Fantasy that are proven winning stats, including true throw value, true target value, true performance value, adjusted air yards, and true matchup ranking. All this and more is available right now for free. All you have to do is go to anywhere you download apps and type in Fantasy Football by Brodo, and you just download it and become your own expert. Dominate your fantasy leagues with the only tool you need today. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com and the Fantasy Football by Brodo app, the only tool you need to dominate fantasy We are kicking off on the week six preview as the Thursday night game is kicking off live. It is the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast, the only podcast that comes to you live while the Thursday podcast is coming. I guess not live. Thursday night football game, you mean? The Thursday night football game is happening, which is another sucky game. The Bears and the and the uh, the Commanders. Commanders. I was about to call them the Nationals. Uh, but good news is that these two teams, these are interesting uniforms they got today. The like just orange everywhere. I like them. All right, so, so uh, let me. We're getting ahead of ourselves here. We're, I'm with Michael. I'm with Matt. We don't have to do big intros today. You know the deal already. It's week six. If you're here, you know the deal. If you're new to us, welcome. Thank you. We appreciate you. And if you're not new, we appreciate you too. You guys keep it running. Just a quick thank you as Justin Fields goes with these beautiful these beautiful orange jerseys. I got to say, I like these jerseys. I, they're I interesting. Like them too. Yeah. I didn't say they were bad. Just, they were, uh, they're interesting. I'm actually, uh, I'm actually interested to see Mr. Justin Fields in action tonight against the defense that's, that's beatable. I think that uh, it, it's a different – I don't know. Let's see. Let's see what these Bears got up their sleeve. Uh, for tonight uh but we also want to see what everyone else has up their sleeve for tonight and if you want to see what every single statistic in the world has up their sleeve plus exclusive t- statistics go download the fantasy football by Brodo app and if you want to support the app and support the show please visit patreon.com slash fantasy where you get a ton of extras including access to the discord shout out to big will who broke uh, to the Tyler Lockett news that we're going to be talking about in just a little bit um, to us. he Big Will has broken news. Like, this guy should be a, uh, like a, I'm, like a sportscaster. Big, yeah, like, I'm wondering where Big Will gets all this insider information. I mean, from. Big Will's the man. Uh, he knows. He's, he's been a patron for forever. He's, he's a goat. He's, he's, been goat. As a, he's been a patron for as long as patrons, we had patrons. Uh, and, and you can join us at the Discord, and you could also get extra episodes, and you could also get the waiver wire episode, which, by the way, Michael, killing that, um, and so much more. And you could support the show, and we really appreciate it. But let's get into this then. Let's get into the news because there is a lot of news to cover, and there's a lot of things to cover. So let's get it going. Uh, you know it's not news time without my man, Mr. Donnie H. Donnie. 
Those stories and more in just two minutes. Stay with us. Thanks for joining us this half hour. I'm Don Harrison. Around the world in 30 minutes. This is Headline News. Okay, Mr. H, Donnie H, you're in the house. Uh, all right, so the first thing we want to tell you is that welcome to the real fantasy football season. It is week six, and bye weeks are upon us. Uh, bye weeks mean it's real out here. You're not just this whole thing is real. Yeah, you're not just playing your favorite lineup every week. You got to actually manage. And this week we have some. Really fantasy viable teams on by the Lions, the Raiders, the Titans, the Texans. Those are some pretty. There are some pretty valuable, pretty um, uh, like outperforming their ADP type guys on those teams. So probably people depending on those players. So that's where we come in. That's where the fantasy football by Broto app comes in. This is where we tell you how you can make up that gap and how you can uh, have a lineup even without Amon Ross, St. Brown, and Derrick Henry and still have a chance to win uh, this season. So, I mean, uh, this this week. Uh, so let's get into the news because another thing we have to worry about is injuries, and Tyler Lockett just popped up um, on the injury report, and it's the dreaded hamstring, uh, the, soft tissue, the soft tissue injury. The problem... The big problem with this is not only has Tyler Lockett been fantastic, uh, but if he doesn't play, if he doesn't practice on Friday, there's really no guarantee that he's not going to play. Like, if he didn't practice on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, you're like, all right, he's not playing. If he didn't, if he practiced Wednesday and didn't practice Thursday and Friday, yeah, okay, now he's probably not playing. He was eliminated yesterday. And now if he doesn't practice tomorrow, he could be just getting a day of rest. And he's the 405 game. This is something that's one of those curveballs that just like straight up sucks. Because he's the 405 game. So you have to make alternate options with just the 405 options. The Eastern time I'm talking about. The late window is what I'm talking about. So uh, uh, sucks on that one. Um, is there anyone on, on the Seahawks that you would even consider pivoting to, Matt? I mean, Ken Walker from the wide receiver room? No. <laughs> yeah. So you wouldn't give yeah. Dwayne Estridge a shot? D. Yeah, no, not happening. Sorry. D. Estridge. <laughs> um, he randomly just started going happening. by D. Really? No, like yeah. last year he was Dwayne Estridge, yeah. and then out of nowhere he yep. was just D everywhere. All right, I mean, D, uh, that works. Jackson. I respect it when people just want to change their names up. Drop the Wayne. Michael, what if people want to call me a theme? I call you a theme. I know you're the only person in the world that does that, and I love it, actually. Um, Cooper Cup returned to practice on Thursday. He's going to play, uh, it looks like. Thank God, because that team needs him, and so does your fantasy team. Um, Melvin Gordon was eliminated on Thursday's practice. Are you guys buying into the the narrative for Melvin Gordon of uh, uh, revenge game against the Chargers here? Are, are you buying in on the Melvin Gordon bump right now? I mean, look, Melvin Gordon and Mike Boone had basically the split I kind of expected last week. I don't really expect that to change. I mean, if he scores a touchdown, it's because the uh, the offense got him there. I'm not really buying any sort of narrative. Like, he hasn't been with the Chargers for years now. And it's not like he has bad blood with the Chargers. Interesting. By the way, we're watching the Thursday night game. First rush of the game, first snap of the game for the Commanders goes to Brian Robinson. So, uh, Ron Rivera wasting no time letting everybody know, hey, guys. Look at look at my new running back, and he gets the second play of the game as well. So two to Brian Robinson, where he totals three yards uh, there. Um, Keenan Allen was limited in Thursday's practice. Uh, this is something that he does 
Um, they only did walkthroughs, so, you know, limited. And by the way, if you hear some banging in the background, Michael, why do you still have your air conditioning in, bro? It's 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 October 13th. I haven't been using it. I just haven't taken it out yet. You got to take it out, bro, because it rains and then it makes noise like this. Correct. It's raining on an air conditioning right now. Sorry, there's not really much we could do about it. Um, Saquon Barkley was limited in Thursday's practice. Matt, would you, if you're redrafting right now for the remainder of the season, is Saquon Barkley the number one overall pick? Yes. Yeah. You, would you? Would you even? I mean, if you go running back first, if, if you go running back first, then yeah, sure. Um, you could also make that argument for Justin Jefferson, but. And Cooper or, I mean, or a Cooper Cup or, yeah, or Stefan Diggs Cooper. even. But, yeah, if, if you go running back first, yes, it's Saquon. And, I mean, he should have been in the first round anyway over guys like Najee Harris and Joe Mixon. Damian Harris, uh, limited in Thursday's practice, but he's not going to play. He's not going to play for a few weeks. This is a hamstring injury. He's not going to play. Uh, Dak Prescott, he was back in practice, limited. Uh, he's not going to play either, but it's good to see him back in, in officially for the first time in practice. Uh, Russell Wilson was limited in Thursday's practice. Russell Wilson got a procedure on his throwing shoulder this week. He got like, he got like a Yeah, apparently shot. he could play through it. Platelet-rich injection. Yeah, it's like the same thing that like Kobe and Peyton got done on their necks, but it's a much quicker and like faster procedure now. Yeah, I think it got injured while he was holding the uh, the dangerous sandwich. <laughs> Too heavy, <laughs> bro. Did you? Hopefully, know? it helps him, man, because he's dirt. Guys, the the whole Broncos situation is bad right now. Uh, did you know that the Broncos have fifteen drop passes or still right now? They have fifteen drop passes. You are not helping your quarterback who is struggling. I like to see these drop passes, drop passes, if they're actual drops or if they're just trying to make it seem better for us. Who's they? I'm they. They, the people. Me. You say the me. The NFL. <laughs> Stat counters. Me. I'm the guy. I'm the guy. You're, I'm the they. Man, that, that, that hamburger on the screen looked amazing just now. Uh, Deontay Johnson, uh, hip practiced uh, in full on Thursday. Fantastic news for Mr. Deontay Johnson. Uh, a little Saints news. Michael Thomas did not practice on Thursday. Does not look like Michael Thomas is going to go. But Chris Olave was present for a portion for a portion of um, camp. He is in the third stage of the concussion protocol. What do you? You're plugged in with the Saints, Matt. You're a Saints fan. What is your estimation on Chris Olave? Do you think that he's going to go this week? I don't think that, that he should. Um, okay. He got knocked unconscious i mean yeah. that was pretty obvious um he had a kind of a similar situation to what happened to tua actually where he was pulled down on like a spinning hit that where they were grabbing a hold of his jersey and just spiked the top of his head into the um back of the end zone so i, I mean i don't i think the independent neurologist which is the final stage of concussion protocol is going to be a lot harder to get through um than years past sure. i don't think that olave should be cleared that quickly um, and if he's not going then, and Thomas isn't going and Landry hasn't practiced either, um, Marquise Calloway. And, yeah. And interesting. And, and maybe, maybe some Taysom, maybe uh, some, definitely some more Taysom. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm going to have to change I, with this news here. I'm, uh, and cause I, I, f I felt like, cause you just made a great point where you said it's going to be harder to get through the concussion protocol than it was in years past. And usually if you're in stage three of the concussion protocol at this point, you're going to play, but it's going to, it's not, that's not the case, you know, this year, 
that might not be the case because of what's going on with the Tua situation and everything. So now that Olave's not playing, Taysom Hill looks like a much more enticing option than he did earlier. Just putting that out there um, for for the my future self. Um, James, yeah, well, I think they're going to remove his tight end designation very soon. If you look at his snap positioning in the last two games, like that boy ain't playing tight end. <laughs> but guys, the, it all follows the NFL. The NFL and the Saints designate Taysom Hill as a tight end. They don't give a fuck about fantasy platforms, man. If Taysom Hill's a tight end in the NFL, he's going to remain a tight end on fantasy platforms. It's simple as that. I mean, that's true. I, I think it's stupid, too. What's he going to be changed to running back? No. Quarterback? No. It's just... In, let, I, people... It aggravates me how people are like, I can't believe people got to start Taysom Hill in tight end position. You should have picked him up then, man. It's fantasy football. Have some fun. <laughs> I, Taysom Hill scored 35 points against me last week. I was like, this is absurd, but Michael, I wasn't like Taysom Hill shouldn't be in the tight end position. You were so angry, though. I just you were Because the- it happened against me, 35 points, but I never once said he shouldn't be a tight end. No. I just said I can't believe Taysom Hill scored 35 points against me. That is true. Um, James Conner uh, expected to miss week six and perhaps additional time. Um, Daryl Williams already ruled out for this game as well. Uh, Arizona signed Corey Clement. They have Tyson Williams. But it looks like it's going to be the Eno Benjamin show um, for the Cardinals this week in a very good matchup. Matt, you... Um, you are an Eno Benjamin fan <laughs> uh, this week. Uh, what's what is what's it looking like for him this week? Every week. What do you think? Oh, really? Okay. Go I, ahead. I mean, I, I love Eno. I mean, since I'm a dynasty guy, primarily, like I, I've loved Eno for a long time. I've always thought that this was kind of the year that he could take over that backfield with the contract situations that were heading up um, and Kyler's extension and, and all of that. So, I mean, in, in an increased role, he, he's an explosive runner, man. He runs hard. He catches passes. Um, he takes big chunk gains away from even some of the best defenses in the NFL and did so against some of the best defenses in college, too. So, yeah, I mean, I honestly think that if Eno is starting without James Conner in the lineup, that he's a top 15 running back in fantasy. Ooh, spicy. I like it. Um, this week. This week. <laughs> yeah. This week. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, right. um, Pat Fryer Not moves. Now you are, so that's great. Yeah, I have, him, I have him at RB17 or so. His expert consensus ranking right now is around RB20. <laughs> yeah, boom. I think that we're yeah, all of us high on, on, on Mr. Eno Benjamin. Uh Next, Pat Fryermuth, concussion, not going to play. So get him out of your lineups. Raheem Mostert is back at practice. Looks like he was, it looks like he was going to miss some time, but now he's back, and that is his backfield. Michael, what, rest of season, if Raheem Mostert is the primary ball carrier the same way that he was last week, where is Raheem Mostert ranked for you? Uh, he's right there in mid RB two area. I mean, if you're getting that many touches in a good offense, it's it's certainly uh, and he's getting passing work too. It's not like he's not doing anything in the passing game. Obviously, this week is going to be a little tougher with Skylar Thompson as the main starter. But even last week, I mean, remember it's Mike McDaniel as the head coach now, the Kyle Shanahan tree. He knows how to how to scheme running backs open. He's worked with Raheem Mostert in the past. He's they brought in Raheem Mostert and. Raheem Mostert slowly but surely ended up taking over the backfield entirely over Chase Edmonds, who had just one rush against the Jets. I will say this. Uh, there was this one really handsome, bald podcaster that has been saying that for like three months, and no one wants to listen. Me? No, I'm just kidding. I mean, I, was it bo- is it both of us? Because <laughs> no, I was, it's, I, was, it's uh, you. I just wanted to steal Yo, guys, your real quick. I was given my... 
today, October 13th, is Santiago Casanova's birthday. Hey, how did I not know that? Happy birthday, Cass. Ha- Let's Cass, go. What? Birthday, Let's go. Cass, it's his birthday. We love you, buddy. What? How did I not know it was Cass's birthday? And I was like talking business with him earlier today. I wouldn't have done that on his birthday. Um, Rashad Bateman, uh, foot, sidelined. Doesn't look like he's going to play. Uh, we'll be talking about the repercussions of that a little later on. Um, Aaron Rodgers has a thumb injury. Practice on Thursday. Uh, Matt LaFleur is not concerned about it, but something to keep an eye on. I think a lot of people are just assuming that the Jets are still a uh, great uh, matchup for the quarterback when uh, they have not been. Uh, T. Higgins, uh, ankle, remains sidelined on Thursday's practice. I mean, how could you start T. Higgins after what? transpired last week Matt if you have T Higgins are you start are you running him out there in that last week or are you just eating it for one more week not unless he practices in full on Friday yeah like totally in full removes the questionable tag uh, unless that happens then I'm I'm even even if he's a game time decision not starting him not after last week and I think that this is a little bit of a spin-off from the new concussion protocols um into other areas of like the way that medical designations are given where I think Every team is going to be really wary where they, when and where they put players out after having injury designations leading up to the game. Uh, Jonathan Taylor returned to practice on Thursday. I was going to make him my grand slam of the week, but I realized that I don't have any hard evidence that he's going to do great. I just feel it in my loins. So my loins say that Jonathan Taylor, this is the week, and he's going to break, break out against the Jacksonville Jaguars this week and, and run all over them. That's what I think. Sometimes you just got to trust the loins. The loins are telling me, yes. You know? My body is telling you no. <laughs> I mean, are we allowed to? You can't sing R. Kelly. No more R. Kelly. R. Kelly's I didn't bad. even know that was R. Kelly. R. Kelly's Kelly. banned from this show. Um, I sing so many songs randomly that I have no bro. idea who makes <laughs> the songs. Yo, Michael's, Michael is, uh, and if you've been listening, you know this, but I'm going to remind everyone. Michael has the memory bank. He Like, he's Spotify in his brain. He not only remembers songs... But he will remix the song with the same melody about something that's happening right in front of him. But it's like it's a song from like 1997. Yeah. The other day, my girlfriend Katarina was like, yo, just stop singing for a minute. (laughs) And I was like, do you know who you're talking to? (laughs) Uh, Obviously not. All right. I think that's. uh, Oh, and one one last thing before we move on. Teddy Bridgewater uh, did not return to practice. Um, I mean, I'm sorry, will return to practice, but is not going to play. It's going to be on a limited non-contact basis. Mike McDaniel said that uh, likely it's going to be Skylar Thompson uh, getting the start uh, this week against the Saints, which you got to be excited about, Matt. Trust or, From a Jets fan, trust me, playing Skylar Thompson has been a good thing. Um, yeah. All right, let's get into our first Category, we like to start on top. We like to tell you who's going to go to the top. It is our tier breaker up. The guy who's going to make his name known by breaking through his tier. So, for example, if they're usually a wide receiver two, they'll be a wide receiver one. If they're usually a running back three, they'll be a running back two or one or better. If they're usually down in the pits, they're going to be up uh, where the sun shines in fantasy land. So, Matt, why don't you start us off here, bro? What is your who's your first um, tier breaker up? I had to steal this one from Tim when we were doing our notes earlier today because I mean, you'd be hard pressed to find another analyst in this industry that was screaming the praise of Rondale Moore more than myself. So, exactly. he's my tier breaker up for this week. Um, 
And honestly, he's looked fantastic through his first two games, and he's not even received his full portion of playing time as he's been ramping up from the hamstring in- injury that kept him out for the first three weeks. Uh, the vacated role by Christian Kirk, not target role <laughs> from Christian Kirk, was always Rondale Morris to take, and he's took it over from Greg Dorch, who was merely a placeholder in the meantime. Um, something that we all predicted earlier on the podcast uh, that Dorch would be dead as soon as Rondale was good enough to take the field. And in two games, Rondale has 13 targets. He's caught 10 for 79 yards, um, which is his game. 65 of his yards have come after the catch this season, which, I mean, per target is is at the top of the league. He's averaging five point yards after the catch per target, which is just insane. Like, like imagine every single time you target a player, he earns you five additional yards from the point that he caught the ball. I think that's like that's madness to me. Um, and he's got an 18.9% target share, uh, which I think is right around his ceiling of targets in all honesty, maybe closer to 20%. But once Hopkins comes back, I think that'll reduce more to the high teens. And I think his opportunity share in this offense, who's averaging 40 pass attempts per game, um, is more than enough to keep Rondale in flex-worthy play for the entire season. Matt was right. He did steal that from me, and that's okay. I got an extra guy just in case Matt wanted to because I know this is Matt's guy. But I'm going to give you some notes as well that I had here. Uh, Seattle is the third best matchup against the pass catching running back. And Eno Benjamin does not catch passes like on the reg like that. The reg? Yeah, (laughs) on the reg. Uh, What did I say? The reg. Oh, on the reg. Uh, On the reg. (laughs) Uh, Wait, someone says that and I can't place who? The reg. It's in my brain for some reason. Um, anyway, Seattle is the third best match, and they don't really. So Rondell Moore is the closest thing they have to a pass catching running back. You, he got two carries. You're gonna see him get two, three carries in this game, I believe. You're gonna see him get a bunch of uh, passes, even behind the line of scrimmage. It pop, at least one or two passes behind yeah. the line of scrimmage. Uh, oh, he's he's been getting like four screens a game. With <laughs> so like he's going to be an extended part of the running game, and they have not. Uh, they have not guarded the extended running game well, uh, even though they've been te- uh, statistically good against wide receivers. Um, and they, according to J.J. Zacharyson, Seattle has given the fourth, given up the fourth most fantasy points to the slot so far this season. So he's definitely a, a slot yak machine. I'm starting him in my home league, and I'm excited about it, Rondo Moore, this, this week. I'm, I'm expecting big things from him. Uh, I agree with you, man. I think that uh, he's going to break his tier and, and get into that next level. Uh, and 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 make himself announced to the world. Uh, if if he was available on he was available on one of my league's waivers, and I was like, this is lunacy. Um, Michael, who's your first tier breaker up? My first tier breaker up, <clears throat> Chris Godwin of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Look, Chris Godwin's yes. yet to have a I breakout like game this season. He's been solid when healthy, but he's dealt with several injuries already this season. And now he's lined up to play his third consecutive game, which is nice to see. And he gets a Pittsburgh Steelers defense, the defense that has given up the most points to opposing wide receivers on the year and is second in true matchup rank. Godwin only played 52% of snaps last week, last week, excuse me, but I think that could be partly attributed to the Bucs um, taking that early 21-0 lead against Atlanta before Atlanta came roaring back. But the week prior, Chris Godwin played 83% of the snaps, so that's not too worrying for me. Um, Brady also just threw for over 350 yards. He's looked way more comfortable over the past couple of weeks with Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. Um, is his main weapons back on the field. He's been a top 10 quarterback in each of those games. I think Brady Brady only has one multi-touchdown game on the year so far. Very un-Brady-like. I think that breaks, um, I think that changes this week. I like Tom Brady at QB, and I think Chris Godwin scores a touchdown, has a big game against Pitt. Everything's lining up for him to, uh, as like he's seeing a, a ton of targets from the GOAT Tom Brady 
it's only a matter of time before he has a big game. and I think it lines up for him very nicely this week against Pittsburgh. I agree. I'm with you on that one, Mike. I think Chris Cowan has a yeah. really good year. Uh, really totally good agree. Um, I'm going to go with someone I think is going to have a big week as well. I'm going with the running back for the San Francisco 49ers. You know, you can go with that guy every week because he always produces. And now it's at Atlanta. It's Jeff Wilson. Uh, Atlanta is ninth in uh, true matchup ranking. Now, I want to explain what true matchup ranking is for those who don't know, for those who are here for the first time. What it does is it compares... Uh, it 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 does it give it compares the defensive points over the average amount of points that the team gives up to only the players that that team has played. Does that did that make sense? So, for example, if you give up 15 points to Travis Kelsey, or if you give up 15 points to um, you know Logan Thomas, like giving up 15 points to Travis Kelsey, you'll give up zero points over average. You give up 15 points to Logan Thomas, you're giving up 50, 50% over average. So the person who gives up the 15 points to Logan Thomas is not the same. That's a different situation. For example, the Giants right now, everyone's talking about how great their defense has been up against fantasy quarterbacks. They've played bums. They've given up 15 points, but they're the seventh true matchup ranking. So that's something you're only going to get here. Um, anyway, uh, so they're ninth in true matchup, matchup ranking. And don't be fooled by Tevin Coleman. All right, Tevin Coleman is... Is, is don't worry about him. That that was a garbage time, stealing some touchdowns type of situation. Jeff Wilson is the guy. He got sixty percent, sixty six percent of the carries last week. That is the guy numbers. Even if even though there was garbage time, only Saquon Barkley and Nick Chubb have more big runs than he does. He has been a running back one since he became the starter. He is the San Francisco 49ers starting running back, and he is playing the Atlanta Falcons. Need I say more? Jeff Wilson, RB1 this week. All right, Matt, let's get into your second uh, tier breaker up. Who you got? Perennially underrated and undervalued Jacoby Myers. In your face, Mike. Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> Mike and I kind of infamously got in a friendly debate about Jacoby's value as a fantasy asset. And I remember uh, fool, like jokingly asking Mike if he hates players that earn an alpha target share and have incredible success rates on nearly every route. <laughs> Unfortunately, I also foolishly used Cole Komet in that exact same argument. So it looks <laughs> like Mike and I are one and one. Uh, <laughs> um, but entering week five, uh, Jacoby Myers had led the Patriots in every receiving category and he had missed two games mm. and then he put up a 35% target share. He's currently wide receiver eight in points per game on the season, averaging 17.6, um, but is consistently projected outside of the top 30 options in ECR and uh, projected points on sleeper. He ranks fourth in the NFL with an absurd 31.8% target share and a 39% uh, air yard share. Uh, and he's smashing his true target value of 3.12, which ranks wide receiver 44, uh, because he's been catching passes from Mac Jones, Brian Hoyer, and Bailey Zappi. Uh, but seemingly none of that matters as Myers continue to earn the lion's share of the Patriots' passing opportunities. He's averaging 3.72 yards per route run, which ranks second in the league, and 3.3 yards per team pass attempt, which is first overall. He ranks first overall in fantasy points per road as well, averaging 0.77 per. And he's found the end zone early on this season, breaking some of the unlucky variants that kept him scoreless through the first 30-plus games of his career or so. Uh, yeah, man. Like, I mean, I, I think at a certain point, guys like Jacoby Myers, it's, you know, there's a lot of anti-recency bias, so to speak, or, um, you know, people have locked in opinions because he spent so long 
kind of taking to break through. But when you've earned that many targets for as long as he has and continue to progress and continue to dominate your route tree, I mean, eventually we're going to have to start treating Jacoby Myers as what he is. And that's a top 16 wide receiver in fantasy in the NFL. Man, Matt, that was a, that was a, you convinced me. Look, I've, uh, I've warmed up to, um, to Jacoby Myers. He's playing some great football and to see what he did last week with Bailey Zappi. That was awesome. But there's a zero percent chance I'm ranking him in my top sixteen receivers <laughs> going forward. I uh, that's fair. I uh, you know what I mean, it is? he is one. I didn't <laughs> I didn't think he'd earn targets over Devontae Parker, and uh, that was, and Taquan Thornton was uh, involved a little bit, and you know he does he did he's earned them, and you gotta gotta take your hat off to the guy. Um, Michael, who's your second tier breaker up? My second tier breaker up. It's a guy I mentioned last week as a sleeper, um, and he had a pretty good game. It could have been bigger, and that's uh, Devin Duvernay of the Baltimore Ravens. Look, Rashad Bateman, like you mentioned earlier in the podcast, he's yet to practice this week, meaning Devin Duvernay is once again in line to be the de facto wide receiver at one for Baltimore this coming week. Um, and Duvernay has been impressive to start the year, and, uh, and last week in the de facto wide receiver one role as well, he saw a season-high 72% of snaps. And which which was seven uh, excuse me and seven targets for a commanding twenty one point nine percent target share, which was way more than any other Baltimore wide receiver. All the other Baltimore wide receivers to see a target, they topped out at six point two percent target share, which was just two targets. Uh, Duvernay went five for fifty four, but he also added three for twenty four on the ground, so he mixed into the running game, which is nice. But the big thing is, well, Lamar missed Duvernay on a would be wide open fifty yard touchdown. If he had a hundred yards and a touchdown, yeah. he'd be ranked a lot higher this week. People, he'd be the no, he'd be people rank one waiver pickup. Well, he's he's pretty uh, highly rostered at this point, but he'd be like ranked way higher. People love ranking based on biases, even if they don't admit it. And Duvernay not catching a touchdown didn't put that stamp on his day um, of having a huge game. And while the Giants are their top three in points allowed to opposing wide receivers this season. They're 16th in true matchup rank, so they're not as daunting of a matchup as their regular fantasy points make it seem. That's why we created true matchup rank for situations like this. So sign me up for Devin Duvernay all day. I think he's a solid wide receiver two option this week against the Giants with the Ravens looking to uh, to stymie that rolling team. Four and one New York football Giants are about to be four and two, I think, and I think Devin Duvernay is a big part of that. I like it. I also like the... Uh the Giants, like the Giants, are like the team that it's you know they've they've played non prolific fantasy scores, so their their overall numbers look a little better than their true uh, their true value numbers. I mean their true matchup value numbers. Um, yeah, uh, let's get into uh, my second guy. I, I'm gonna man, listen. <sighs> Sometimes you have to go to the dark side. Amari Cooper. The dark side. Amari Cooper. I think Amari Cooper has wide receiver one upside, and I'm telling you why. Against New England. First of all, he's averaging over 20 PPR points at home. Amari Cooper. Only under four PPR points on the road. That's disgusting. But he's at home. And Bill Belichick is a genius. And Bill Belichick, the genius, knows that the way that you beat the Browns is by making Jacoby Brissett beat you. And they are going to do everything in their power to stop Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. This is what they do. I've watched it happen over and over again and over and over again and over and over again. And people never learn their lesson. And now I'm learning mine. Okay? Because I'm about to double down on this. And you'll see what I'm talking about in a second. Um, 
Amari Cooper is going to have the opportunity to be one-on-one a lot. And Amari Cooper is doing fantastic against, oh, as jo- oh Khalil Herbert just broke a big one. Go to the end zone. Oh, no, he gets stopped at the five. Seven-ish. He, he, ran, out, he ran out of space. Khalil Herbert, nice run. Um, anyway, um, he's going to be on an island. And right now, Amari Cooper is winning against man coverage. And he, go, he goes against rookie Jack Jones, who Jack Jones has been fantastic in coverage. He has he, an over 90. Number one rated PFF cornerback, a yeah. fourth round rookie. How do the Patriots keep doing this shit? And, and you know what else? JC Jackson is getting torched 60 times a game in San Diego right now. For $52 million. It's absurd, yo. Absolutely um, absurd. So, how do they keep getting away with this? <laughs> For real, though. It's it's going to be him on an island with Jack Jones. And listen, Jack Jones has been good, but I'm taking a Mark Cooper, you know, the veteran savvy dude in a one-on-one matchup with a fourth-round rookie. I don't care how good that fourth-round rookie has been uh, thus far. Uh, I'm taking that. And... Let's get into our next segment. The next segment is Tear Breakers Down, where we're doing the exact same thing, telling you who, someone who's going to go from RB1 to RB2 or lower, or wide receiver 2 to wide receiver 3, et cetera. You get the drift. Because I'm going to double down, and I'm going to say Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt are my uh, stock downs here. They're they're my tear breaker down. I'm wait, not, wait, wait. Kareem Hunt in a tear breaker that's down? That's right. I'm not saying sit Nick Chubb. That would be that would be ridiculous. I'm not. I'm not suggesting that. But, you know, Nick Chubb has been the number one fantasy player so far. You need to ca- pump the brakes, calm, calm, the, calm the, the expectations in this game because New England's going to do everything they can to keep him out of the end zone. They're going to do everything they can to keep him in the backfield. They're probably going to fail most of the time because he's Nick Chubb, but they're going to make his life a living hell. And Kareem Hunt, I am avoiding in this game. Um, I have him in, in my home league. And I'm sitting him for Rondell Moore uh, this week. So that's that's what tells you about my Kareem Hunt uh, stance this week. I just don't think that this is the week against New England because New England's going to take away the the run. They're gonna they're going to stack the box. The wide receivers are going to be out on the island. There's nothing to be scared of uh, from Donovan Peoples Jones or whoever the else is on the outside for them. There's nothing else. To, there's nothing to be really scared of there because Jacoby Brissett is throwing on the ball. Jacoby Brissett has made a big mistake in almost every game. This season, which is why Jacoby Brissett is who he is, uh, Belichick is going to want to put the ball in his hands. And I think they're going to do that. So big game for Amari Cooper and a less big game for Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. I'm going to need some reactions to that. How do you, how are you feeling about the Oh, my God. Justin Fields just missed a wide open. Goodness gracious, Justin Fields. A wide Fields. open player in the, in the end zone. Oh, is that Ryan Griffin? I think Former, Jet, Former great. Jet great. Ryan Griffin. Uh, he had some good games for us. Uh, I I need some reactions to this guys because I just I just said a lot about the, these guys. Do, are you in agreement with me or what? What do you what do you think? Do you think I'm onto something? Uh, what do you think? I'm I'm a little cold on on your take to be honest. I, I think Nick Chubb's still going to finish in the top six. Uh, Kareem Hunt might be a little bit more of a decline because that backfield's just less of a committee than I think we anticipated. But they're not super tear down for me, especially Hunt being kind of a low end RB two. Uh, and I'm not taking Nick Chubb out of my top twelve. So. Same yeah. Team. Nick Chubb has been otherworldly, man. Like, he's still the same Nick Chubb who's not getting pass catching work, except he's just been so ridiculously lethal on the ground that it hasn't mattered at all. And he's he has basically eight. been Derrick Henry. He has eight touchdowns. Yeah. He's basically been like Derrick Henry. The the Like, he hasn't been that in the past. He's been tremendous in the past, but he hasn't been to the point where 
no bad games. It doesn't matter if he's not ca- catching passes. But this year it has been like that. I so Chubb, I I wouldn't sit Chubb. By no, any no, I'm obviously not, I'm not, not saying sit, sit. I'm just saying I'm not ha- tamper expectation. I'm not even yeah. saying RB two. No, I'm I saying like you. low end RB one rather than top six. Yeah, but with the way that offense is rolling, I'd keep rolling out there with Chubb. Hunt, I hold agree on, hold with on, you. Hold on, hold on, before you go, Matt, you want to make a bet? Hunt, I mean uh, Chubb, top six or outside the top six? Yep. Let's do it. Half, Mark it down. Half PPR, obviously. Half P- okay. Well, I mean. It. Yep. It's, it's your half. Yeah, half. Okay. I'm always half. <laughs> that's what she, yeah, that's I what under, she said. I agree with you about Kareem Hunt. This, unless <laughs> he finds the end zone, you could be a little disappointed this week with him. I think. Yeah. Um. I and I just don't think this is going to be one of the games where he finds the end zone here. Um. All right. So let's get into the next one. Uh. Let's go in reverse order on this one. Michael, who's your first uh, tear breaker down? All right, let me pull it up. I was writing down the... Um... All right, so Matt, you No, go. I got it, I got no, it. No, fuck this guy. No. Matt, go. Matt, Cue, Tim. Go, Matt, Cue. go. All right. Uh, right away, yeah, boom. Uh, first, I'm just going to ask you all something. Does this sound like the usage of an RB1 that should be ranked as an RB1? Oh, a boy, 45.4% like snap share, like a 9.5% target share, and just a 48.5% rushing share? Rhetorical question. The answer is no. Mm. Uh, <laughs> Clyde edwards Hilaire is just 10 uh. more snaps and 7 targets more than Jarek McKinnon. He only has 50 carries um, out of a possible 53 carries in the backfield. So he's, I mean, like I said, earning less than 50% of the opportunity in the, in the Kansas City backfield. And I hate to break it to people, but like that's what a committee is. A committee is when your lead back earns less than the other people in the backfield. And it's not a backfield that's going to be able to support an RB1 like that on a usage rate like that for an entire season. So I think we need to adjust ahead of the curve um, and stop ranking CEH as a top 15 positional asset on a week-to-week basis. And week five was a rude awakening of something I've been preaching for several weeks, and that's CEH's output won't support viable fantasy production if he doesn't score a touchdown. He had nine carries and three receptions on four targets for for 35 total yards, no touchdowns in week five, which equated to six and a half PPR points and was RB 46 on the week. He played fewer snaps than McKinnon in week five. He ran fewer routes than McKinnon in week five. And I think like, you know, every time that the chiefs need to turn up the pace, um, CH isn't on the field. They have McKinnon on the field because he's a better pass blocker and they trust his pass catching ability. The chiefs face the bills at home in a rematch of the 2021 divisional finals that saw the chiefs take a victory after that fateful coin toss in one of the most dramatic playoff games in NFL history. Like this is going to be a high scoring affair. Uh, and the bills are conceding a stifling 77.8 rushing yards per game and 182.6 passing yards per game. They're ranked second and fourth respectively in those positions. They allow just 12.2 points per game to opposing offenses, uh, running backs. And it's not the best game script for CEH. Uh, I do think that Kansas city is going to have no problem putting up points, but we saw that they can put up a bunch of points with just one target, which is Travis Kelsey. So I'm downgrading CEH outside of RB1 territory and low-end RB2 at best, and I think he's going to be that moving forward as well. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, do you want to hear one of the worst things you've ever heard, Matt, in your life about this this trade that happened in our home league? A friend of ours who just won the championship two, two years ago and who is a legitimately good fantasy player. He's up and down, but he's not bad by any means. He traded away Debo Samuel and Tyler Higby. Matt, who would be a, an appropriate return for Debo Samuel and Tyler Higby? I Off mean, the top of your head, in, in redraft leagues, yeah, you're, you need a. I want a top twelve wide receiver. Okay, all right. He got Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and Brandon Cooks. 
Yeah, that's neither one of those are a top twelve receiver. No, I'm talking like I'd want Devonte Adams I or know. Stephon Diggs. I, or like, tell me about it because I was I was I was negotiating with the guy who got these two, and he wanted Stephon Diggs for them, and he was right. He should he should, that's the that's a fair value. Oh yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, Matt, I'm not. Uh, no, me. It's my turn. He he. My I'm second, getting skipped again. Are you? Oh, I didn't yeah, even give my right. first. Oh yeah, that's right. I skipped you. Damn Go it, ahead. Tim. Go ahead. Look, I have no idea what Arthur Smith is doing, but it's Drake London here. Look, Drake London got the Kyle Pitts treatment last game, lining up to block several times, and he only was on the field for two-thirds of the snaps. 67% of the snaps for Drake London, which is just absurd when they were losing to the Buccaneers the entire time, too. The lack of passing is just super concerning as well. London saw a 28% target share, which is awesome. But that 28% target share was just seven targets despite Atlanta trailing for basically the entirety of the game against Tampa Bay. They just do not want Mariota passing unless he needs to pass. This has led to back-to-back down weeks for London, London, ending outside the top 50 wide receivers in each of these weeks. He's combined for just six receptions and 52 yards during this time. And now Atlanta has to face off against San Fran, who, like I pointed out last week with DJ Moore, I was like, I don't care if San Fran's easiest matchup and true matchup rank is wide receivers baker mayfield's not even gonna get it over the line of scrimmage and the san francisco 49ers defense is gonna destroy him and that's exactly what happened and dj moore did not have a good fantasy game and i think the same thing here is gonna happen with drake london i just do not trust marcus Mariota against one of the top three defenses in the league and i think london managers may end up being uh pretty upset about his output this week and i think he's more of a uh, flex option than he is a wide receiver two or three I, I, you make a convincing argument, young Mike. You make a convincing argument. Thanks, old Tim. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with the slot receiver for the Jacksonville Jaguars. From my tearbreaker down, it is Christian Kirk at Indianapolis. Indianapolis has been uh, top 10 in true matchup rankings against the wide receiver, and um, they're only allowing 20 points total to the, to the entire wide receiver position. Uh, and Kenny Moore's in the slot. Kenny Moore hasn't been as good as his Pro Bowl self was last year, but he's still a one of the better slot corners in the game. And Christian Kirk is coming off a couple of bad games where um, it's really not Christian Kirk, it's Trevor Lawrence. And I think people are starting to catch on to this Jaguars defense. I mean, this Jaguars offense, and Trevor Lawrence has not looked good. And I want to see Trevor Lawrence produce again before I could trust uh, the wide receiver for him. I feel I feel like Christian Kirk went from uh you know every week wide receiver 2 to like wide receiver 3 flex territory um in terms of how you're looking at him right now. So I think like his tier breaker down is is not only for this week but just like overall rest of season if this is going to be how Trevor Lawrence plays. But you know Trevor could turn it around. Trevor Lawrence did have a has had back-to-back down weeks after Looking like he was really stepping up his sophomore season. The thing is, like, he never really did, though. Like, he was just... I he, mean, he played very well against the Chargers. That It wasn't like an easy matchup. He dominated them. Sure, but it was... It's, it's a lot of yak. It was a lot of yak. A lot of dump-offs. I mean, he had a good game, man. Just, just admit right, he fine. had a good game. Right, he had the he had the one good game. But the, oh, total total on the season, a lot of yak, a lot of dump-offs, a lot of, a lot of the slot receiver yeah, is your number yak. one guy. You know, it's a lot of that. It's a lot of the slot receiver is your number one guy. Um... Matt, who's number two for you? Uh, 
Josh Schultz. And I mean, I, I know it might be a bit of a cop out with him dealing with an injury, but even with the injury, he's just become an unstartable asset amidst the loss of Dak Prescott on the Cowboys offense. Schultz has been suffering, you know, with the knee injury that cropped back up in week five and has negatively impacted his overall production at a drastic rate. He's averaging just 3.8 PPR points per game in four contests. He seemingly has no chemistry to speak with um, with Cooper Rush at all. Uh, it's just not somebody that Rush looks for in his progressions. And the Cowboys are facing off against one of the league's best defenses and coverage units in the secondary in week six as the boys travel to face their division rivals um, in an undefeated Philadelphia Eagles squad. The Eagles allow just 189.4 passing yards per game, ranked fifth, and 17.6 points per game to opposing offenses, which ranks seventh. They give up just 7.3 points per game to tight ends. Uh, their true matchup rank is 20th, and a points over average of minus 12.7. You know what minus 12.7% of 3.8 points per game is? <laughs> Unstartable. Yep. Uh, you guys are you guys are killing it today, if I must say. You don't have to say. Thanks, Tim. You're killing we it know. too. You're doing, <laughs> thanks. You're doing a great job, I love Tim. You, bro. Thanks, I love you, guys. Bro. Thanks. You're doing all right. Matt, by the way, Matt on Twitter, the other day, some guys puts, who's the best redraft player you know? And he goes, Michael, and it's not even close. Not going to lie. Bro. I was like, what the f- you what, what the you hell, man? You said the same thing <laughs> on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Look, Mike, yeah, I mean, yeah, but does, he doesn't have a home league championship, so fuck Michael. All right, <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's get into our matchup of the week. I don't have my third stock down yet, Tim. Stop oh, skipping shit. me. You're not supposed to have three stock downs. My second, I mean. Oh. Oh, yeah. Fuck, I fucked up making fun of your fuck up. <laughs> what? Fuck me. Because well, you said third. I said third, yeah. Go ahead. Anywho, look. It's Najee Harris. I'm tired of this. Nice. Look, the demise of Najee Harris has been rough. I mean, I I tweeted that he that there's a chance he's Trent Richardson in the offseason, and it's looking like that may actually come true because he's just been atrocious this season. Najee Harris continues to be ranked inside, like, the top 20, 24 running backs, and it's just mind-blowing to me right now. He has to stop being ranked there. Um, he's a mid- to low-end flex option with limited upside at the moment. He's finished outside the top 40 running backs each of the last two weeks. And he played 49% of snaps in week five, which was a season low. He's had 11 carries and four targets. Jalen Warren had five and five. Warren has basically taken over the third down role, and he's getting some early down work. And reports this week are saying that Warren isn't going anywhere. If anything, Warren's going to get more work. And Najee, Najee needed ridiculous volume last season and ridiculous dump-offs from Big Ben to be who he was. And the reason he was... I also tweeted that... Najee Harris was one of the easiest all-time first-round fades, and I truly believe that. It was legitimately one of the easiest decisions of my life, fading Najee Harris in the first round this year, and I thought it was mind-boggling that any analyst could think otherwise, and I think you should reconsider who you're listening to if you're listening to those guys, because it was just that easy of a call to make. And now Najee Harris gets a Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who is the worst matchup and true matchup rank. Stay away from Najee Harris. Just please. Yo, I have I have to admit something. I think that I'm if you already put you already put Najee Harris in your guys, I was considering him putting in the bench the bench players of the week. I wouldn't be against benching him. I think I have him ranked as RB thirty two this week. I mean I'd play like Raheem Mostert easily over over Najee Harris, for instance. Uh, that would have sounded crazy in week one. Would you play Devin Singletary over Najee Harris? Yes, easily. Yes. Uh, would you play CEH? Yes. Yes. 
And I'm tearbreaker down on that guy. I'm tearbreaker out on Najee. Would you play Kareem Hunt over him? Yeah, but I mean they're both pretty low upside this week. I think I don't expect much from either. But yes, would you? Play... Although I do kind of, I do kind of think that Kareem Hunt is. He's always got that upside, man. It's, he does. You never know when it's coming. It's true. He, that that is true. Uh, would you play Eno Benjamin? Oh, easily. Yes. yes. Would you play Ezekiel Elliott? Yes. Yes. Would you play Tony Pollard? No. Yes. I wouldn't. You would play Tony Pollard over. I think I'd play Tony Tony Pollard. Blah, 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 Tony Pollard over Najee Harris as well. I don't, I just I'm I'm. I don't I would, think there's any way Najee Harris okay. puts up over like. Twelve. I would say maximum twelve. I was gonna say like eight. Maximum twelve. Max sixty yards and a touchdown is like a dream game for him against the Buccaneers. At, at this point, yeah. At at this point. Against the Bucks, man. Like, yeah. I just that's, I don't I don't that's see it. That's gonna be nasty. Now yeah. with Kenny Pickett at court, I don't see it. All right, let's and get Kenny it. Kenny Pickett just attempted fifty five passes. Like that's, gonna, they're gonna throw the ball. It's gonna be like that again because teams are gonna dare him to. All right, so let's get into the oh man, they just they're just highlighting how bad Justin Fields is. Justin on, Fields on, is. On, yeah, on, I can't watch this. This again. game is just as bad as I think we expected it to be. Uh, all right, let's get into the matchup of the week. Hopefully, these matchups are a little better. Michael, we're going to start with you because you have the clear matchup of the week. You sent in your list I first. I had to do it. You sent in your list first. I keep going full on. I don't give a fuck. I'm choosing the obvious one every single week for matchup of the week because this one is just way too obvious. I couldn't pass up on it. It's Bills and Chiefs, man. I wish this was an 8 p.m. game where we could all enjoy it together at the same time in prime time, but it's not. But nonetheless... It's a four. It's in the four o'clock window. Which it is, is, which is a little better. It's a little better because you're nonetheless, not going to have the other games. On one side, you got Josh Allen, you got Stephon Diggs, you got Devin Singletary, who's better in closer games where they um, want to where they want to use their best running back. You got Isaiah McKenzie returning. Khalil Shakir showed out. Gabriel Davis caught two long touchdowns. Dawson Knox, who knows if he's going to return yet, but all those guys are viable fantasy options. And then on the other side, you have Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey. Juju, please, Juju. Juju is 15th in true target value, man. He's getting so many targets from Patrick Mahomes. Just do something with it, Juju. I beg of you, please. 15th, huh? Yes. That makes you like like uh, Juju. I will say this, MVS. MVS just get, had a big game, but then getting, he dropped a pass, of course, like yeah. he always does when he gets high targeted <laughs> in a game. Um, <laughs> he's got 19% target share since week one. I mean... He gets he he gets a lot of burn on that team too. Yeah. But yeah, I mean it's the this game has a fun written all over Not it. That, you didn't even mention the backs. C yeah, C H Jarek McKinnon. Jarek McKinnon has a has a chance to do sneaky this upside. Game. Yeah. So I mean this game's this, gonna be points. This, this game is is the game of the week. I think clearly. You know, this game, I think for don't don't forget this is a rematch of the AFC Championship. I mean the what should have been the AFC Championship last last week the the divisional round. Is that what it's called? Yeah, the wild card. Yeah, it was, it was divisional. Kansas was, City lost uh, yes. the Bengals in the AFC Championship. So the divisional round, that was one of the greatest games ever played. And this is not your grandfather's Chiefs, and this is not your grandfather's Bills. And the Bills are coming in with the better team this year. Last year, that was that was debatable. That was up in the air. This year, the Bills are better. And I wouldn't be surprised if the Bills make a statement, man. I, I, I think that... Agreed. Yeah, I think that I'm. I'm not gonna steal anyone's thunder, 
Um, yeah, don't go don't go yeah. too far into it. We yeah. got some more. Bills I'm not going to gonna steal about. some th- thunder, but I'll agree with someone later on. Um, let's go into my matchup. I'm going Arizona Seattle. This is the exact opposite. I of, love that one. Yeah, I mean the reason is because both these defense are tra- hot, hot, blah, blah, hot trash. The, the hottest of all the trashes. So, you know, it's going to be a show, and it's going to be Hollywood Brown's going to have another wide receiver one performance. I wouldn't be – I think I have Hollywood Brown as my wide receiver six right now. Um, he's going to have one of those performances. I think Rondell Moore is going to have a great blow-up performance. I think Kyler Murray, um, I'm going to talk about him in, in a little while. Uh, and then on the other – and then Eno Benjamin as well, being the only guy in that backfield, you got to love his chances. And, you know, I, I'm also about to – I'm also on the other side. Excuse me. I, I shit on Seattle last week, but bro, you can't. You know, if if things are happening, things are happening. And I know Tyler Lockett had a had a bad uh, had a had an injury, but hopefully he's okay. Because I, I mentioned on Monday, if you didn't listen to the Monday episode, Seattle is turning into the greatest thing in the fantasy universe. It's a funnel offense. Oh, the funnel offense. Every single week, you can count on DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, Kenneth Walker. T- these are the three guys in the in the on an offense that's going to move the ball because Geno Smith is playing very well right now. And I'm and I'm looking forward to uh, I'm looking forward to riding it out until it crashes and burns because I think it's going to crash and burn eventually. But I'm looking forward to riding it out until then. Um, until then, Tyler Lockett's one of my one of my favorite guys right now. Uh, DK Metcalf as well as has has grown on me, and so has Geno Smith. So I, I'm really looking forward to this game because of the terrible defenses that we have at play. Matt, what's your game of the week? Uh, Buccaneers at Steelers, and it's mm. for a pretty specific reason. It's just for the Buccaneers offense. So I think you should be starting everybody in that lineup this week. Fournette, Evans, Godwin, Brady, even Rashad White and Kate Otten. I think you can feel pretty comfortable wow. with them as low-level flexes and Kate as a streamer. Uh, I think speaking of statements, I think Tom Brady's going to look to make a statement against a leaky secondary and familiar AFC foe in week six. The suggested scoring total sits at 44 and a half with the Buccaneers winning by eight points. And the Steelers susceptible secondary just got torched by Josh Allen and company. Brady finally has all of his weapons practicing in unison. I'm predicting a top six performance for Brady with multiple top 24 performances throughout the offensive weapons on the Buccaneers. And then speaking of funnel offenses as well, you know that the Steelers are going to have to pass to keep up and you can feel pretty confident about Deontay Johnson and George Pickens just from a volume standpoint. Interesting. So you'd, you'd start George Pickens in this game. Yep. Hmm. Interesting. Definitely. Uh, I'm starting both actually Steelers receivers on the same lineup this week. Wow. That's a lot of confidence in that situation. I don't know. I don't know if I can do that, to be honest. It's a, it's definitely like, um, I'm not going to call it desperation, but it's a situation of priority for sure. And I I think that if we're locking in, you know, Deontay's guaranteed to see at least 10 targets and George Pickens probably around eight, uh, tough defensive matchup. Sure. Uh, but just the volume play is good enough for me to play their floors against that defense. Are you playing Rondell Moore? Are you playing one of those guys? I'd play Rondell Moore over George Pickens, but probably not over Deontay. What about Allen? Uh, that's tough because well, that, that's that's a different situation though. Like uh, th- that kind of comes down to more strategy. I would be just yeah. be playing both of them. Like there's somebody else on my lineup that Rondell Moore is better than. Okay, I. That you know that I mean? that is a uh, that is a very smart way to get around the question, Matt. <laughs> right? I'm, I, I can't I can't get it's mad true, at though. you because it's genius, but it, 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 it you know what you're doing. All right, let's get into this. Let's get into the Grand Slam smashes of the week. I'm going to start Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. 
These guys are going to go at it, and I wouldn't be surprised if both of them put up over 40, 40 fantasy points uh, just because this is how it works. Um, is, this I, your, is this a tandem one or is this your two? Mahomes no, and this, is, this is my tandem one. Gotcha. I'm, I'm going quarterback heavy in my Grand Slams this week. Matt, who's your nice. Grand Slam? Oh, that was quick. Um, I'll I'll ride that train right into the next one. It's Stefan Diggs. And as Mike alluded to already, this is the highest over-under of the week at 54 points. And both offenses have the firing power and talent to far exceed that total. Regardless of what Gabe Davis just did against broken coverages, Stefan Diggs is the primary target of Josh Allen's MVP caliber passing attack. He's earning 26.17% target share and leading the team in all receiving categories. He's going to be the focal point of a high scoring game script against a defense that allows 30.8 points per game to opposing wide receivers, which ranks ninth in Brodo's true matchup rank, um, 15.7% over the expected average and points over average. So, I mean, yeah, Stefan Diggs, top three wide receiver. Man, I got I to tell you, I, I got Stefan Diggs as my number one receiver this week. I feel like Stefan Diggs is about to have a game. I, I love that even more. I yeah, love that even I more. I think that he's about to put it on him. I really do. I think that so he's So put it on me. Yeah, he's gonna break it open. Michael, who's your grand, first grand slam? My first grand slam smash of the week, Hollywood. Hollywood Brown, one of our favorite picks at ADP um this season at Brodo, and it's paid off handsomely so far. The back of his Brodo player card is filled with red. If you don't know what that means, download the Brodo app and check out the back of his player card. It means he's in the top ten. In a bunch of different stats. Second in targets, fourth in reception, sixth in receiving yards, fifth in touchdowns, sixth in PPR points per game. He's currently outplaying his true target value of 23rd, which is lower than I expected. I'm not too concerned about that because Kyler has not been very good so far this season. I expect that to increase his true uh, his true throw value throughout the year, which is only a good thing for Hollywood Brown. He's now been a top 12 wide receiver three weeks in a row, and now he gets to play against the Seattle Seahawks. Shockingly, Seattle is 26th in true matchup rank to opposing wide receivers. Despite being first to opposing quarterbacks, it's because they're first to tight ends as well, eighth to running backs. However, Hollywood has been the entire Arizona offense for the most part over the last several weeks. His true, throw, no, value, his true throw value shows that. And how, how much he's like... His true target value, his yeah. His true target value, really does. True target value, but yeah. So, like, yeah, I think it's going to be a big game for Hollywood Brown. Over, under a 50 and a half for Vegas. The second highest total on the slate. The Seahawks have just been in shootout after shootout or after shootout these past several weeks. Um, so sign me up for Hollywood Brown this week against the Seahawks in a game where he could have another, uh, easily have another top 12 performance. I have him as my wide receiver six on the week overall. I like it. I mean, I was just, I was just saying how I have him ranked as uh, as wide receiver six. So I'm with you on that one, Michael. Damn uh, it. Now he's going to suck. <laughs> Usually when we agree, it's a good thing. Yeah, no, just like, just like uh, messing with you. You know how it'd be. <laughs> yeah. My second guy is Kyler Murray at Seattle. Uh, Seattle I has given up the most points uh, to fantasy uh, quarterbacks, according to true matchup rankings. They are the best matchup. And Taysom Hill just completely shattered them on the ground uh, from the quarterback position uh, last week. So I think that when you have a matchup like this and you're Kyler Murray and you're, it's the return of Rondell Moore, this is a, an offense that has kind of gotten its feet a little... Uh, it's gotten its footing a little bit more as the year has gone on. They had a tough break last week and a tough matchup, but it's got its footing a little more. Kyler Murray has been playing better each and every week, and you know Hollywood Brown has that connection with him, and with the, I think the return of Rondell Moore is going to be a very, very big, uh, a big deal. Uh, for him, that's a lot of yak. That's a lot of first downs. That's a lot of a, another guy that you can go to because you see the amount of targets that Greg Dortch was getting. And, 
you know, you put that in Rondell Moore's hands and all of a sudden, bam, like you said, he's averaging five, uh, five yards. What were you, what was your stat, Matt? Five yards, five, five yards after the catch per target. Yeah. Ba- boom. That's he, fucking ridiculous. I mean, that's ridiculous. <laughs> like it, it's ridiculous. Rondell Moore. So, uh, Rondell Moore is going to make a difference. And I think Kyler Murray is going to run the ball in this game. I wouldn't be surprised if he, I, you know, he's, I, I wouldn't call him a running quarterback as much as he used to be. He's definitely, uh, scaled back on that but with that being said uh he could still scamper and he's not scared to do it in clunch moments and i wouldn't scamper, be surprised scamper, scamper. yeah i wouldn't be surprised if he breaks a big one in this yeah, game i mean the ability to run is still as high as it's ever been he just doesn't as much anymore and because cliff kingsbury stopped calling rollouts for some reason that's because they probably want to keep him healthy i i get i get yeah, that, that makes sense. i get that much. <laughs> uh but yeah kyler murray at seattle my grand slam smash of the week he is my QB three. I the my Grand Slam slashes of the, smashes of the week are Josh Allen, Pat Mahomes, Kyler Murray, and I have them ranked one, two, three. One, two, and three. Yeah, in my rankings right now. So I love it. Uh, Matt, who's number two? I'll, for I'll you? take K one equals QB three. Any, any <laughs> that that sounds good to me too. Um, for me, it's I think maybe a little bit of an unsuspecting one, but I'm kind of infamous for these unsuspecting Grand Slam smashes, and some of them. Don't pan out, but I hope that this one will. It's it's Jamar Chase, and it's uh, definitely a difficult matchup on paper when you look at what Le- Marshawn Lattimore does to big-body wide receivers. Um, but drafting Chase as the first wide receiver off the board obviously has not really yielded the best results. Yeah, oh yeah, the butt was Marshawn Lattimore's not going to play. <laughs> um, so Chase against a secondary without Marshawn is a nightmare for uh, New Orleans. Bro, Jamar Chase He's better wide go receiver. off. Bro, he has to. He, uh, yeah. Exactly. And I mean, right now he sits at wide receiver 16 in points per game. He's averaging 15.3. He's ranked wide receiver 14 in target share at 28.0%. And he's being continuously outproduced and out-targeted by my hat hanger of the year, which was T. Higgins. Hashtag told you so. However, and this is a big however, in my opinion, Chase sits as wide receiver two in true target value at 7.69%. Um, per target, suggesting massive positive regression is on the horizon. This is exactly where T. Higgins sat last year when Brodo predicted his positive regression when he was just smashing true target value but wasn't really seeing the high-end wide receiver two or low-end wide receiver one production. And Chase is taking on that exact same um, trajectory in in the first half or first quarter, rather, of this season. Um, So, yeah, sitting at wide receiver two and true target value against the Saints defense that's going to be without top cover corner Marshawn Lattimore as the uh, defensive back deals with sternum and rib injuries. So if Lattimore isn't there to cover Chase, that's going to leave, I mean, essentially they're going to, remove shadow coverage and throw a laundry list of second and third string cornerbacks at him in different coverage schemes to try to slow him down, which even in the limited route tree that Zach Taylor has drawn up for Jamar Chase, I don't think there is anybody on the Saints roster not named Lattimore that is going to be able to stop him from doing whatever the fuck he wants. Bada boom, bada bang. I hope so. Yeah, I hope so too. Um, Michael, yeah, I mean, it's a big hope, but I'm trying to will it into existence. <laughs> Michael, you're up. Yeah, my second uh, Grand Slam Smash of the Week is someone who, you know, I always like to get a little crazy here. Devontae Smith. Look, the Cowboys' defense has been lethal so far. I don't so think far that's that crazy. This season, led by their pass rush and standout linebacker, Micah Parsons. However, they're 21st in true matchup rank to uh, opposing wide receivers. That's still good. It's above average, but that's their most exploitable exploitable matchup, ranking 25th or worse in all other positions. And look, while Smith has been volatile this season, he has two wide receiver one performances and two with less than four half PPR fantasy points. It's 
been a little frustrating rostering him. This week's division matchup against the Cowboys has me pretty excited. Look, Trevon Diggs is their best cornerback. He should mainly guard A.J. Brown, leaving Devontae Smith with the other um, not as talented Dallas cornerbacks guarding him for the most part. <laughs> not as yeah. That was a nice way of putting it. And look, we know how we know how good A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith are downfield after the catch. And this type of matchup for Dallas is what I feel like it's they haven't faced a team like the Eagles yet where if the pass rush doesn't get to Jalen Hurts or if it does get to Jalen Hurts, they could draw up these quick routes to A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith and company yard after the catch type guys, and he could put in work underneath as well. His uh, average up the target is actually under 10 so far this season. That is Devontae Smith, which is outside the top 65 wide receivers. So I think a busy day could be on the horizon for him, even if he doesn't get the downfield passes that result in 50 yard touchdowns. I could see him catching seven, eight balls close to the line of scrimmage and uh, and p- putting together a nice day that way. So I think Devontae Smith has a has a good opportunity this week against Dallas. It's going to be interesting to see what Dallas can do against this Philly offensive line because this is their first real great offensive line challenge for that defensive for that defensive line. Um, it's going to be interesting to see because, like you said, that it the the battle of for that game lies. Not in the quarterbacks, not in the wide receivers, not in anywhere else, but the Eagles offensive line versus the Cowboys defensive line. I think that's also be the difference in the game. Five and zero versus five and zero. The five and zero Philadelphia Eagles versus the five and zero Cooper Rush as a starter. Facts. One of these things Bars, is going to have Mike. to fall. <laughs> the Eagles are either going to be five and one, or Cooper Rush is going to suffer his first defeat, which would make. Let's be real. That would make bringing Dak back a lot easier for. Uh, for Jerry Jones. Like, I think I it's think silly any question whether yeah, yeah. bringing Dak back, but I do think Cooper rush is somebody that will see an NFL contract as a starter before his career is over. I will say this about Cooper rush. This is the exact same scenario that happened with Dak Prescott. I, I would feel like Tony Romo was around the same level of quarterback in terms of overall quarterback in the league that Dak is at this at, at around this time, Tony Romo was getting injured. Now Dak is in his second year out of three injured and Dak just kind of came in and won games and wasn't spectacular and wasn't flashy, but he kept winning and winning and winning and winning. And eventually they had to make a change. This is like the exact same scenario. I don't know. Yeah, Dak was better. Romo than wasn't Cooper the Rush third highest and... paid quarterback in the league. That's he, true. Dak was also better. Like <laughs> that Cooper has Rush, a lot to do with it. Cooper Rush threw for a hundred yards last week. You guys are it's you guys are you guys are arguing with me as if I'm saying this is going to happen. I'm not saying this is going to happen. I'm just saying that this is no, a no. I know. Very I big you, I parallel. I, I do feel you. It's a parallelogram. All right, let's get into. I don't know what to fucking talk about. All right, let's get into the bench warmer of the week. This is the guy you just are not playing straight up, not playing. Michael, who are you not playing? Uh, my first bench warmer of the week, Romeo Dubs of the Green Bay Packers. He stole this one from me too. No, I sent it first, and you're an idiot who doesn't know how to read. Look, <sighs> Dubs has been up and down this season. He's had two solid games with a target share over 20%, sandwiched between three down games with a target share of 12.8% or below. Uh, he has three finishes outside the top 50 wide receivers on the year. And then last week, which is, this is very concerning if you have Romeo Dubs. He got out-targeted by Randall Cobb 13-5. to and got out-targeted by Alan Lazard, 8-5. to Look, Alan Lazard is a decent wide receiver, but Randall Cobb is 75 years old and should not be seeing 13 targets anymore. If Romeo Dubs is going to be out-targeted 13-5 to by a player like Randall Cobb, that is not good because good players demand targets. Um, and now Dubs gets the young stud duo of Jets cornerback Sauce Gardner and DJ Reed. I faded Waddle last week. I faded Deontay the week before that because of this matchup. And both of those guys did not have very good fantasy days 
Um, so for Romeo Dubs, it's just a, it's a hard pass for me this week. I know Tim said I stole this from him, but he actually he I didn't steal it from him, but he did send the stat. Sauce has allowed less than sixty percent completion rate this season, and under thirty three total yard thirty three total yards in all games but one um, against Cincy, and then DJ Reed is yet to allow more than 26 yards in coverage in a single game. The longest reception he's allowed is 19 yards, as Curtis Samuel drops a dime from Wentz on a would-be 50-yard touchdown. Not good, Curtis Samuel. So, yeah, I'm a, it's, a, it's a hard pass for me for Romeo Dubs this week. Um, I would definitely be looking to pivot to another option. Damn. That sucks. I'm sorry. Yeah. Not Thank as you. good of a throw as I initially thought, but... Curtis Samuel still probably should have caught it. Thank you for uh, for citing me on those stats. Much appreciated. Yeah, I'm I'm the Wikipedia. <laughs> uh, Matt, who's your uh, first bencher? I mean, I'm going to be pretty harsh with this one. It's not even a bench. Like I think Cam Akers is a drop candidate for me in seasonal redraft leagues. I'd rather stream backup running backs off the waiver wire at this point than continue to start Cam Akers in my lineups. He's averaging 4.6 points per game, which is RB 62, yet continuously ranked inside of the top 20. Like, what are we doing here ranking Cam Akers anywhere near the top 30 at this point? He's never been anywhere near the top 30 at really any time in his career. He's averaging three yards per carry. He's got two receptions, two free receptions for 18 yards i told people a bunch of times that k-maker was never good he wasn't good in college not in his rookie season not to close out his rookie season not before tearing his achilles not in the playoffs not ever i don't care what the defensive matchup is it's the panthers by the way which isn't great but i'm not starting k-makers at all unless he finishes in the top 12 options in multiple weeks and at that point i'm probably selling him uh, but i kind of can't do that if he didn't draft him anywhere in the first place like I, I'm out on Cam Akers done. Like his career is over. Sean McVay is just so hard headed that he refuses to acknowledge his mistakes. So he's going to force feed this kid 18 touches a game for 35 yards. And it's not like Daryl Henderson is any better. It's it's been ugly. I yeah. think Daryl Henderson's a little better. But is yeah. I mean he he is. <laughs> but that's saying something too. Is like look at how bad Daryl Henderson's been, and he's better than Cam Akers is. Yeah, that that's been a, a terrible running situation. And last year they kind of. We're able and that to just kind of line is broke, man. Yeah, that's another thing. The offensive line is not helping anybody out and doing not doing any favors. Um, and by the way, Andrew Whitworth, I re, who retired from that offensive line, he's a, a like a halftime announcer on the prime uh, broadcast. Dude is handsome. Like Andrew Whitworth <laughs> is, is fucking gorgeous handsome. Human. Like yo, he's got gorgeous. A lot. Have you seen his girl? And like he, I mean, yeah, he's got a hot wife. Fucking power couple, bro. Dude, yeah, <laughs> dude. And he's like trimmed down a little bit, bro. This, my, I was like, yo, this guy's handsome. Like, look at this fucking guy. He's, yeah. he's handsome. Hall of Fame lineman, man. Oh, Hall yeah. Hall of Famer. And Hall of Fame fucking uh, handsomeness. All right, let's get into uh, bench warmer of the week for me. It's Zay Jones. Uh, for a lot of the reasons why I am benching, I, I am not down with uh, Christian Kirk. I'm not down with Jay, Zay Jones. Zay Jones um, has only had one really good game on the year. He's shitted your team uh, on multiple occasions. He shitted your team. That's right. Shitted right on your team. Just like <laughs> yeah, made he it. He shitted your team. He shitted, on, he shitted <laughs> your team. He just made your entire team shit. He, uh, he transformed it. Um, so, yeah, he, he, and he draws Stefan Gilmore, who's been good. That's been one of the better uh, acquisitions uh, that the, that the Colts made last year that paid off. Um, Trevor Lawrence has been aggressively pedestrian, is how I would put it. And uh, the Indianapolis defense has been a very good matchup against, I mean, a very bad matchup for wide receivers so far. Uh, and 
you know, that matchup does not scream success for Jay, Zay Jones for me. So I'm going to be sitting Zay Jones this week. Michael, who else you sitting? My second bench warmer of the week, staying with the wide receiver position, Brandon Ayuk. Look, Brandon Ayuk has yet to finish any of his five games within the terp, top the terp, the, the top terp. 36 wide receivers the in terp, PPR terp, terp, this terp. season. my heart, Mike. You're breaking my heart. <laughs> Even the game which he scored a touchdown, he didn't end as a top 36 wide receiver. I think we all know Brandon Ayuk is a solid wide receiver at this point. However, there's just not enough to go around in San Fran, San Fran, and this game is terrible Ayuk game script written all over it. San Fran's only a five and a half point favorite against Atlanta. I think that's a little low. I think it should probably be more. And uh, I think San Fran's going to be looking to control the game, run the ball, play strong defense. George Kittle is back in the fold again. Since George Kittle returned in week four, Ayuk has seen over the last two weeks, eight targets, seven receptions and 95 yards. Look, until until proven otherwise, I think Brandon Ayuk should be left on benches because there's just between Jeff Wilson, yeah. Debo Samuel, George Kittle, who's even been disappointing. I just don't see Brandon Ayuk being the guy to uh like the the upside just isn't there at the moment. What the, one thing that's good about Brandon Ayuk and why you shouldn't drop him, I think, is that if there's ever a wide receiver handcuff for the number one wide receiver on a team, I think I feel like Brandon Ayuk will get Debo type work if Debo goes down. So, um, not you, you can't really usually get something like that. Um, yeah, Matt, who's your second tier, uh, bench warmer? Uh, both Falcons running backs, or I mean, all three if you're in deep leagues and have Avery Williams for his touchdown upside, but Tyler Algier and Caleb Huntley, who were the most popular waiver ads last week that I saw both rising above 50% roster ship with Tyler Algier going into the high eighties volumes King and fantasy football. And none of the Falcon running backs are receiving a high enough volume to maintain relevance this season with quarter Patterson out of the lineup. Uh, As soon as CPAT went down, it just became a committee of irrelevance. They have a tough matchup against the 49ers. Like you got, we've been saying essentially this entire episode and the, which is another, you know, tough defense after they were bottled up by the Buccaneers, kind of proving that these options are probably matchup and touchdown dependent. Um, the trio combined for 24 carries for 90 yards and one touchdown that went to Avery Williams uh, between all three of them against the Buccaneers. Algier remains the team favorite to take on a majority share, but even his ceiling is ultimately capped by the committee of poor talent that surrounds him. And I think that kind of speaks volumes to him as a prospect and dynasty asset as well is if Tyler Algier just had the depth chart open wide up by Corderell Patterson being put on injured reserve and can't earn more snaps and carries than Caleb Huntley and Avery Williams, that's probably bad news for his outlook moving forward. Yeah. Agreed. Um, it's, it, it's sad that none of the Falcons running backs seem to be, able to be used at any point um let's go over to our next one the diamond in the rough it is our sleeper i'm gonna start this one mike boone that's right mike boone is my sleeper now there's one thing they can get in the way of this and and that's if latavius murray all of a sudden takes his job i am i think that it's not going to happen and the chargers are the eighth best uh matchup in terms of um points over average, but they're also the best matchup in terms of just overall fantasy points. 28.5 fantasy points given up to running backs, and this is a historically run funnel team. Now, is Melvin Gordon going to do work in this game? Yes, I think so. I think there's room for both of these guys to eat. The, the he played Boone played 41% of snaps uh, last game, got seven rushes, three targets. If Mike Boone could get 
10 to 13 opportunities in this game. I think that he's playing a defense that has the ability to give up a big run and maybe he can get into the end zone. So, look, he's a sleeper. This is not someone that I'm recommending starting your lineups for uh, for everyone. But if you need a desperation flex play, then you can do worse than Mike Boone. I think he's a... Uh, He's a decent play this week against in a, in a very good matchup with history. Uh, we know that wherever Brandon Staley goes, um, running back production for fantasy follows. So, yeah, that's my first. That's my first sleeper, Matt. Who's your first sleeper? Well, honorable mention to Eno Benjamin, but since Tim wouldn't let me use Eno, <laughs> he was only expert. averaging eight point six points per game and his RB forty one overall with a projection of seven point seven points, which is ranked. RB 31 and 54th overall behind Michael Carter in week six. And he's definitely going to smash that and should 100% be in your starting lineups. But since I can't go with him, he was I'll expert consensus 20, <laughs> RB 22. I know, I know, I know. But I think, you know, Benjamin is better than Raheem Mostert. Well, yeah, I mean, duh. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. Uh, but I, I like Raheem. I like Raheem in this matchup. I like the way that um, his opportunity share has been shaken out in that backfield. He gets the Vikings, which is an excellent place to look for high-end RB2 production from an undervalued player. Uh, he's dominated the snap share for the Dolphins over the past four weeks with over 50% in every single one of those games. And he's slowly taking over lead duties and then completely took them over from Chase Edmonds last week. Uh, he's the most familiar piece inside of that McDaniels complex rushing system. Uh, they know each other from the time together in San Francisco. He was a priority signing for the Dolphins once McDaniels got hired. Uh, McDaniel got hired, rather. Um, and... I mean, Skylar Thompson is expected to start at quarterback for the Dolphins as Teddy Bridgewater and Tua both work through the concussion protocol, which opens up a run-happy game script um, for that backfield. And Mostert is going to see an increased target share as well, I think, with Thompson practicing the check down early and often. The Vikings are allowing 22 points per game to opposing running backs, a true matchup rank of 14th, and points over average of 5.4%, which is not like you know, an incredible must start a running back, but it's 5.4 points per over average. And Mostert has had, you know, 17 points in his last game over 10 points in uh, three of five this season. And he's received 15 carries and three targets in back-to-back -back contests uh, with over 70% snap share over 75% rushing opportunity share. As Mike said earlier, Chase Edmonds had only one uh, carry against the jets and he's definitely going to see a similar workload. He was on the injury report, but has been cleared and is fully practicing. I think Raheem Mostert has high, end rb2 upside this week and should definitely be in your lineups i know tim was saying his sleeper might not be a must start i think raheem most it's a must start this week yeah i think you know benjamin and raheem most are both good starts this week uh, michael who's your first sleeper my first sleeper i like this guy i shouted him out on the patron waiver pod a couple weeks ago when he was uh free and that's alec pierce of the indianapolis coats alec pierce impressed against denver in week five on a short week on thursday night football Pierce ended up setting a new career high in almost every category in Week 5. Snap percentage of 59%, target percentage of 22%, 9 targets, 8 receptions, and 81 receiving yards. This was against a Denver defense who is last in matchup, true matchup rank for opposing wide receivers. Now the Colts get Jacksonville, who is 27th in true matchup rank. When you say rank. last, it's like the... It's the worst possible matchup. There you go. Now the Colts get Jacksonville, who's 27th in matchup rank, which is a bottom five matchup, but they've already played each other this year, and the Colts got shut out 24-0 without Alec Pierce in Week 2. They have the tape to review. They have a, a new weapon to benefit their sluggish offense. Even if JT remains out, I think it's going to be a different game for the Colts. I don't see them getting demolished by Jacksonville again. Um, I think Alec Pierce has some very real wide receiver three um, potential here against Jacksonville, especially if the 
Snap count goes up again over 60% this time. If he gets target percentage 15% or more, if he gets six-plus targets, I think he could have a decent game the way he's been going. He's had 61 receiving yards or more in each of the last three weeks. So sign me up for Alec Pierce as a uh, as a sleeper wide receiver three this week. I like it. I like it. Alec Pierce, was, you've been on Alec Pierce for a minute, Michael. I mean, he's a good player. Uh, let's go over to my second guy, uh, my deep sleeper, a little bit deeper here. Uh, is DJ Dallas of the Seattle Seahawks against the Arizona Cardinals. I already mentioned uh, that I want all the pieces in this game, and wouldn't it be the most Pete Carroll-y thing of all time that if his his veteran Penny goes down, and instead of giving the ball to Ken Walker, he just like feeds DJ Dallas like half the carries yes. and half the yeah. It would that be the would most be a Pete Carroll thing. It would be the most Pete Carroll-y thing of all time. And on top of that, this is a great matchup for the pass catching running back. The the uh, DJ Dallas has been uh, a pass catcher in in his uh, career, and they are the eighth best pass catching uh, pass catching matchup in terms of in in terms of true uh, defensive ranking. Uh, they give up for about fifty percent more uh, points than those players score on average. Uh, Nine point one points allowed through the air uh, for the for the running back against the Cardinals. And I, I think that, look, if it's a desperation play, this is a deep sleeper. But, you know, I gave you Taysom Hill last week. So, booyah. Fire. <laughs> booyah. Um, Matt, who's your uh, deep sleeper? We're going deep. We're going deep, deep. Maybe not that deep, actually, but <laughs> it's uh, Darius Slayton of the Giants. I, I like that one a lot. Paying attention. I like that one a lot. Yeah. I appreciate that, man, because I don't know how many people have been really paying attention to the Giants snap count because it's the Giants, but I track usage every week. It's something that's been helping me dominate Dynasty for seven plus years now. Usage is incredibly important. Coaching trends really help you get onto things. I'm much of a film guy. I don't have a scouting eye. Like, I don't get paid to scout prospects. So I like to use analytics. Uh, the Giants are just desperate for help. At- wide receiver and pass catching help in general um, after dealing with a myriad injuries that includes the loss of Kenny Galladay. I mean, like there's nothing really wrong with Galladay per se. He's just a complete bum and capable of competing at the NFL level at this point. Um, so in steps, Darius Slayton. Slayton played 54% of the offensive snaps, uh, earning seven targets in a limited playing time. And that snap share has been increasing over the past couple games. Uh, and his two games back at, off the injured reserve list himself. He had a team high 25.9% snap share in week five. He caught six passes for 79 yards on his seven targets, which also led the Giants in both categories. The Giants are four and one. Uh, they're heading into an interconference matchup against the Ravens as Brian Deball has seemingly outcoached every opponent on route to their impressive record. And I certainly am not going to put it past him to find ways to exploit the Ravens secondary as every team has before him this season. Uh, the Ravens are allowing 34.1 points per game to opposing right out, wideouts, equating to 16.8% over average with a true matchup rank of eighth to the position. That's a defense that you are starting wide receivers against um and if slayton can lead the team in targets for a second consecutive week he can certainly produce at a flex worthy level for fantasy rosters i'm starting him in scott fish i, I lost me Rashad. too i'm starting him so from your mouth to gut i mean he's a good play man i'm one of 45 remaining Darius slayton teams. has always been a good player when healthy yes 
And Michael, no one cares about your your accomplishments. We're talking about our accomplishments. I mean, right it's now. three thousand yeah. teams, forty five. I actually teams do remain care about Michael's accomplishment because it's absolutely incredible. Yeah, it's to pretty, be honest, it's pretty freaking. Hopefully, cool. I get the twelve and zero this week. Now, yeah, I think you will, Michael. I think you will. I think I will too. Just my boy out. Billy, though, my boy Billy Beeman, top of the list, number one scorer. Yeah, peep that. That's uh that's awesome too. I don't have the uh I don't have this. I have him like top two hundred, I believe, in scoring, which is still nice, but. Uh, just goes to show that like I am like top 10 you know I've got I've got the connectivity to the best fantasy minds on planet (laughs) earth boom the whole earth the whole earth all right let's go into our next cat in the computer or or did I Michael do you have your deep sleeper my second deep sleeper your first deep sleeper my first deep sleeper Uh, could I just go straight into next category it's kind of (laughs) connected after after this sure all right, cool. Thank you, kind sir. You're welcome. My, the next category, by the way, is streamers of the week, which means yes. the quarterback and the tight end. Streamatorium. The streamer, well, the, the streamatorium we're visiting the streamatorium, baby. man. The streamatorium, the streamatorium, the streamerarium, the streamerimarimaram, bang, bang. My deep sleeper, Corey Davis. Zach Wilson's number one target upon his return has been all reliable, Corey Davis. Davis actually led the Jets wide receiver group in week five and snap percentage at 76%. Tied with Moore and Wilson for a 90% target share. Davis has three top 30 wide receiver performances already on the season. And now the Jets are going into Lambeau to face off against Green Bay as one touchdown underdogs with an over-under of 45.5, which is above average for the week. I expect Zach to need to air it out a lot more than he did last week against Miami. Um, Zach Wilson has the second highest PFF grade from a clean pocket, so hopefully the O-line can give him some time. But Corey Davis has had a solid year thus far. Throw last week out the window for Jets wide receivers. Zach Wilson only attempted 21 passes. He completed 14 of them for 210 yards. So the yards per target were there. He also had the rushing touchdown. They just didn't need to pass a lot because they dominated uh, the the Dolphins and Skylar Thompson, the rookie quarterback. So I like Corey Davis as a deep sleeper this week. And I like Zach Wilson as a streamer again. Zach Wilson last week only put up 14.6 fantasy points, of course. But like I said... It was a game where he wasn't asked to do much. He only threw 21 times. I expect that to be a lot different this week against Green Bay. Remember his first game back against Pittsburgh when he was asked to pass in the second half. He led them to to the comeback win. He put up 20 fantasy points. Um, I actually ranked Zach Wilson as my QB 15 this week. One spot ahead of Carson Wentz, who's having a terrible Thursday night game at the moment. Um, so I think Zach Wilson has some streaming appeal here in what, what could be a low-key uh, high-scoring affair in Green Bay. Um, with the Packers and the and the Jets, you bugging, you bugging. <laughs> the the we'll Packers see. have a great defense against the quarterback. You you are bugging. We'll see. All right, uh, my my streamer is Geno Smith, and if you want to know about Geno Smith, all you need to know is he ain't no streamer anymore. Yes, he is, bro. I did actually pick him up in a couple leagues this week. So yeah, man. He's, people aren't yeah, buying me, into me it fully. Too, actually, <laughs> he <laughs> he's was not still a, on the waivers. He's so. not a streamer because you picked him up. <laughs> Uh, but he's a, he's the streamer this week, and the reason is because of all the things that Matt said in his recent article. The true throw, the true value report, the true value report, for, true value report. There yeah, you go. Thanks, yes, sorry, <laughs> my bad. The the true value report, and this one is about the Seahawks and how they are an island of misfit amazingness. Tim, stop smashing your hand on the damn couch. Oh, you hear that? Yes, I'm. I'm. <laughs> Passionate about Matt's article, okay? Um, and he goes into how Geno Smith has been absolutely smashing it in every single category. And he's been running the ball, too. Geno Smith has been doing every single thing that you need from a quarterback. And he has two elite weapons to throw to. So, 
he's in a great matchup versus Arizona. I've already mentioned uh, the the matchups and all that stuff about this game, so let me not go on about it anymore. But Geno Smith at, at, at versus Arizona is my streamer of the week at quarterback. Matt, who's your streamer? I'll tell you, I definitely prefer Geno to um, Zach Wilson if I'm choosing between the two. Yeah, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah. just putting that out. There. Although I, I, Gino I have... to my streamer as well. Go ahead. <laughs> but I mean, kind of a, a little bit of uh, rebellion against uh, Mike benching Brandon Ayuk. I guess uh, <laughs> we're gonna roll Jimmy G into my streamer lineup. This I like week, it. I like uh, that positions that I need quarterbacks. I mean, Jimmy really hasn't been that bad. Uh, the and the Falcons are a great matchup for streaming quarterbacks. They allow twenty one point eight points per game to the quarterback position, forty one point six over average, which you can find in true matchup rank on the Brodo app. Uh, they rank fourth in true matchup rank to the position. And Jimmy G's averaging 214.3 passing yards per game. Uh, he's got five touchdowns, just one interception this season, which is what Jimmy does. He's, you know, makes some bad throws, sure, but they don't really cost his team. He's a great game manager. It's what he's always done. So with a little bit of a boost to his average production um, in this matchup, I think he could definitely give you, you know, low end or, or not low end QB one. That's a little too hot, <laughs> but I definitely think he can hit that top 15 territory where he's worth a stream and worth a look where, you know, in, in the positions where you're streaming quarterback, unless it's injuries, uh, which we haven't seen many to the quarterback position this year, you've probably built a pretty solid roster and then just waited to on quarterback and are now streaming throughout the position. So I feel pretty good about fitting Jimmy G into those types of roster builds. The 49ers are first in the NFC West and are going to look to take advantage of this cupcake matchup and remain at the top of the heat. I think Jimmy G is going to have over his um, average total of yards in this game and, you know, two touchdowns, no turnovers, obviously not out of the question. You know, you're talking about G, uh, Jimmy G, who's known to be one of the most handsome men in football and just at that moment in the world <laughs> yes and they they closed up on andrew whitworth and seems just, like obsessed with andrew whitworth it just around. it just really cemented the fact that that guy's handsome <laughs> i'm just putting that out there man andrew whitworth if you're listening congrats bro you won you you you've been in the nfl you made millions of dollars you won a super bowl and you're handsome you you win the you win the life lottery all right let's go into uh let's go into tight end the streamer tight end i got a, a deep tight end streamer for you this week Daniel Bellinger of the New York Giants at the Baltimore Ravens. He is th- he is in a great matchup, and he's getting all the snaps. He's on the field all the time. And it, the Baltimore Ravens are the third best matchup in uh, true matchup value. I'm sorry, in true matchup ranking with, po- with uh, 67% points over average. So I think that he's worth a look if he gets in the end zone. It, that's what you're banking on, you know. You're just banking on is one of these guys going to fall into the end zone. I think he's got a chance to fall into the end zone this week. Daniel, 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 Daniel Bellinger. Right. Go ahead, Matt. And I love that my my dynasty stashes and sleepers are popping up into redraft uh, vernacular this season. Just goes to show that I'm a little bit ahead of the curve. So it makes me happy that that process keeps keep paying out for a second year in a row. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt, who you got? Oh, I got, I got something. Let's get, let's I, I got. It. <laughs> it's Evan Ingram, man. I, I, I missed out on one of my Evan Ingram streamer trains, but until we kind of start giving this guy a bit of a higher ranking and and he starts getting a higher roster ship, he's probably going to keep being a tight end streamer that I I look to, um, in whatever leagues he's available. 
He ran 35 routes in week five, which was second on the team. He earned a team high 10 targets, six receptions for 69 yards. Nice. He finished as a tight end seven overall, collected 12.9 PPR points. Um, and he gets a Colts team that ranks seventh in true matchup rank for tight ends. They allow 13.5 points per game, which is 52.8% over the expected average of the position. Evan Ingram breaks 13th um, in tight ends in points per game right now. So a 52.8% boost, even if you cut that down by 20 to 25%, that's tight end one territory. And he's as good as it gets for streaming options as the position. He has low roster ship, um, kind of inconsistent production, but his spike weeks are always in the top 12 at the position um, and, and top eight at one point this time this season. I know that that Jacksonville offense and matchup is pretty bad for the wide receivers, but they're probably going to pass the, have to pass the ball. I mean, man, the Colts did just put up 12 points. I shouldn't be so confident about that. Um, 12 points in a win at that. But I do think that, you know, like Tim was saying, they will have to turn their offense around, or Mike was saying rather, turn their offense around a little bit and, and lean on the pass a little bit more in this matchup. And uh, that's going to cause Jacksonville to do the same thing with the wide receivers having the more difficult matchup of the day. I think that opens up a lot of passing work for Evan Ingram. And while I'm here, don't sleep on Travis Etienne and his passing volume and his continued uptick in uh opportunity share now i know he's not really a, a sleeper or a streamer but i think he's gonna be consistently somebody that people look back on like oh that's why he was going in the seventh round michael Boom. who's your who's your tight end streamer my tight end streamer to close it out cade otten another guy yes. that matt has discussed in the past this has everything to do with week five when the when the tight end position is probably the position where recency bias actually means the most because it changes so much from week to week and uh kate Otten last week saw 94 percent of the snaps at the tight end position for the tampa bay buccaneers 13.5 target percentage which isn't great but tom brady dropped back a bunch so that resulted in seven targets kate Otten had six receptions on those seven targets and this is a guy who like he was drafted this year it's not like he uh Typically, it takes some time for rookie tight ends to get acclimated, but it's now back-to-back -back weeks where he's seen at least four targets. He had a 43 yards as well on the six receptions this past week against Atlanta. Gets a good matchup against Pitt. Like I said, I believe the uh, the the Tampa Bay offense is going to have a big game against Pittsburgh. The tight end position is just so useless at this point. You just kind of have to go after guys who you think ha are going to either see targets or find the end zone if you don't have one of the top guys. And I think Kate Otten could be a a sneaky waiver wire uh, tight end this week. Look at us. Who would have thought two rookie tight ends in our streamer section? Who would I have thought? Them. All right, let's get into these Patreon start sick questions. If you want to yes. join us over at patreon.com slash Broto Fantasy, please do, and you get access to many things. And you get to hear us talk through our start sick decisions, which I must say we've been on point with. I'm not the the proof Facts. is the proof is in the tapes. always a good warm up for me on crunch time too. I love this part of the podcast. Bro, you killed crunch time last week, dropping gems. I got to. I, I was all. I was my hit rate last week was the highest it's been all bro, season. Bro, you murdered it, bro. You murdered it. And yo, I, I got to tell you this, Cass and you in the morning. I'm not just saying this because like we're part of the same company. I'm I'm saying it because I really mean it. The most, the most, the the best product you're getting out in terms of knowing what they're doing and telling you the facts and giving you good advice. You're not getting any better advice than 
than Matt Ward and Santiago Casanova on a, on a Sunday morning. You're not getting it. So tune into Crunch Time Live uh, this week. Definitely tune into Crunch Time Live. All right, let's get into our Patreon start sits. Um, let's get first. Nick Lovin says PPR start two. All right. Mostert, Melgo, Hunt. I think Mostert and Melgo for me here. This is easy one. Yep. Uh, Same. Hold on. He says PPR star two. Mostert, Melgo, Hunt, PPR, Dobbins, Dylan. So, so I'm guessing the second, question. second one is PPR, Dobbins, Dobbins, or AJ Dillon. Dobbins. Dobbins, especially, especially now that Gus Edwards isn't sure. back yet. Yeah, Dobbins. All right, so two easy ones from Nick. Uh, Kai says Hunt, Juju, or Pollard. What was that? Juju. Juju. You decided you don't want to say the Jays? Juju. I'm, I'm ride or die with, with Juju. Yeah, I'm going with Juju until, here, too. And, until he stops earning a team-high target share, which is driving me through. Like, it's, it's certainly process value. over results at this point. 15th in true target value is a stat that... Is I know it makes it just it's process over results at this point. He's doing everything I thought he would. The production just isn't following. It makes no sense to me, and it regression is coming. Positive regression is coming. I think for the first time last year, this year, as of last year, I'm con- I have started to be in the camp of maybe Tony Pollard does take this job over because he just looks more explosive than Zeke when you watch him play. I mean, Tony Pollard's been better than Zeke since but he came into the league. Their That's touches just aren't changing, though. I mean, we'll see. We'll see. Tony Pollard's the most efficient running back in the NFL since he's entered the league on a per-touch basis. And, like, that's literally undeniable. Has led scrimmage yards over expected in every season um, with no minimum to touches. And now that he's getting the volume, the efficiency is sticking, which usually does not happen with running backs. So it's mind-boggling. Like, Tony Pollard is the real deal. They just need to make him the RB1. It's going to be tough, but... But it's Juju still because he's not the RB1 and they just gave Zeke 25 carries even though they only have 50 yards. All right, this is a complicated one from Izzy. Izzy says, PPR have to start two flex and one running back. So the running backs are Mostert, Kenneth Walker. So those are the running backs you're picking from. So let's start with the one running back. Raheem Mostert or Kenneth Walker? I think this is a close one. I'm going Kenneth Walker just because Skylar Thompson is starting. I'm with Mike, too. I'm going to Kenneth Walker. I'm going to slightly lean Kenneth Walker here, but not by too much. All right, so that puts Mostert in the next category of start two flexes. So now he has Kenneth Walker, Mike Thomas if he plays. You mean Raheem Mostert? I'm sorry, Raheem Mostert. Mike Thomas if he plays doesn't look like he's going to play. Yeah. Um, Deontay Johnson, Brandon Ayuk, Rondell Moore, James Robinson. For me, I'm going. I'm going here. Oh, this is a tough one. Mostert and Deontay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mostert and Deontay. Oh. Uh, I know, I know you guys want to play Rondale. I really want to play Rondale and Deontay. Yeah, I'll bet you guys most turn out scores Rondale more. I don't want to take that base. Okay. You want to do that with Matt. I'll do it with Matt. All right, doing it with Matt. Yeah, I'll do that one for. I'll do that one just for, hashtag for the brand. Hashtag Ooh. psych ward brand. All right, uh, let's see. Let's let's get out of this so I can see Matt's face. Man, I haven't looked at your face in a, in a minute. I've been looking at my notes. Here you I go. got I got cleaned up again. Here you are, bro. Yeah, looking good, bro. Damn, just handsomeness all over the fucking pod today. Damn, this is what I've been looking like the whole time. My shirt like this. I look like a fat fuck over there. <laughs> all right. All right. Let's go. Let's go next. Uh, Kai says Alec Pierce or Tony Pollard. This is a close one. I'll let Mike go with it. I kind of want to go with the upside here with Alec Pierce. Tony Pollard. Oh, the probably upside's this. in Pierce? I think the upside's in Pierce. Okay. Yeah. Tony Pollard is a, has a low floor, man. 
Alec Pierce likely has a low floor as well. We know that, but I mean, yeah, but that's why I mean the upsides in Pollard. I think Pollard's ceiling is higher than Alec Pierce's. Eh. Pollard's gonna have to find the end zone for him to to have like a a big game. I don't yeah. know if he got, does yeah. against. Yeah, I mean, which but... he, I mean, which he's ridiculous how often he seems to do so on on yeah. big plays. I mean, yeah, he's a good. I mean, player, which I'm not but... saying is something that you know you should invest in weekly. It's obviously very variant. Um, yeah, but uh, that's why I just he does have an incredible ceiling. You know, just five touches could lead to five touchdowns with Tony Pollard. You yeah. never know. I mean, last week he ended with 14 fantasy points on eight rush attempts. That's it. That's that's the issue though. Just eight rush attempts. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. Hmm. All right. I'm I'm glad that you guys have a bet. Are you not going to give your are I'm, you I'm still th- get out I'm, of it? I'm still thinking. <laughs> yeah, I was waiting on you because uh, I I'm I, kind of leaning to what I'll I'll take the I'm going <sighs> to take the action. Man, you go next. You go next. I'm not I'm not decided on it yet. Yeah, no, I, I was just saying I'll, I'll lean to where Mike is there. I, I think he's kind of convinced me a little bit. It is just a it, it's a very volatile, you know, big play option. But obviously, like I said, like Pollard really can take five touches, eight carries for 100 yards <laughs> because that's what he did. So I'm going Pollard, too. And probably that's probably a mistake. I don't know. I'm going with Pollard. Don't ask me again. Big Willie style says have <laughs> have PPR flex. Pick one. Garrett Wilson, Juju Smith-Schuster, Drake London, George Pickett, Rashad White. Did he um, say Pickens? He said Pickens, London, Wilson. So he's got all three well, of those Rashad rookies. White. Rashad White and Juju Smith-Schuster. Yeah, you can go process of elimination there. I think take Rashad out. I think take Garrett Wilson out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you could take Drake leaves. London out too. Yeah, you could definitely take Drake London out. Sorry. Yeah. So Juju or Pickens. It comes down Juju. to Juju or Pickens. Juju. Juju for me. Juju for me too. Juju. Yeah. All right. Juju is the play there. PPR. Ron- you no, know, I think I think uh, Garrett Wilson might not be the worst play there. But... Michael, Michael, you Okay. Michael is a Michael Garrett Wilson truther. Michael Michael's a Garrett <laughs> I'm, Wilson truther. I'm the number I'm the Garrett Wilson truther. No, but Michael this is, is, uh, has this has passing game script. He's the best wide receiver it. in the rookie class. I, I don't care. It, and I'm a Saints fan, and Chris Olave is doing what he's doing, and I'm saying that Garrett Wilson's the best wide receiver in the rookie class. Uh, Still, it's a fact. Hey, I agree. Uh, PPR: Rondell Moore, DJ Moore, Juju Smith-Schuster, James Conner. If he plays, doesn't look like James Conner is going to play. I would start Rondell Moore over Juju Rondell. and DJ Moore. Yep. I know Michael. I mean, Michael. Michael be the only like, one that would have anything to say about that. Yeah, I and mean, I've been high on Rondell, Juju, but, but that's probably the tear break for me right there. Is I think Rondell cool finishes going in the top twenty-four. There. Yeah, it makes sense going with Rondell there. Uh, let's go to pick one: Corey Davis, Pickens, or Tyler Boyd. Pickens. I know Mike's going to say Corey Davis. I think I'm going to say Corey Davis. Yeah. Well, actually, it's going to be Tyler Boyd if T Higgins is out. Oh, that's a fact, I agree. Mike. Yeah. If T. Higgins doesn't go, it is t- Tyler Boyd, and you obviously, the listener, has time to wait for that designation. What if he does? Uh, then Pickens. Pickens for me. Pickens for me, too. Yeah. Uh, Mo- and Michael Corey Davis. Mostert, Dylan, or Etienne? Go on, Mostert. Mostert. Oof. Mostert. And, oh, uh, man, that's right where I, that's exactly where I had that two break. I said about, I had him at RB, I think. Um, 16 or 17 right behind Eno when we were talking about that earlier. And I have Travis Etienne ranked right behind Mostert this week. So that is the tear break for me. If Keenan Allen is out again, Brandon Ayuk, Kareem Hunt, Alec Pierce, or pick up Isaiah McKenzie. 
Pierce. Say that. Say that Ayuk Hunt, Pierce, Isaiah Mc- or pick up Isaiah McKenzie. I'd say pick up Mc- Isaiah McKenzie is probably not the answer. Uh, I mean, I like McKenzie, but I mean, sure, but you're gonna pick him up. You're gonna drop someone. Maybe do it anyway, depending on who who you're dropping for him. Like maybe do that anyway. But I still, I think I'm gonna start Alec Pierce over Kareem Hunt, and that would be the only. I I mean, you guys know that I love Brandon Ayuk, and he's not a start for me this week. No. I agree. It's gotta be. It's it's either Hunt or Pierce. I'm gonna I'm gonna slightly lean Hunt. I know I know I said he'd be. I, I, yeah, it's it's a little risky going in on Pierce like this, but I like upside wise. I think Pierce is the play there. Uh, let's get to Jake from IT. Mostert or Hunt? Half PPR. I think we're both Mostert. going Mostert. Need two. Corey Davis, Deontay Johnson, Isaiah McKenzie, Garrett Wilson. This is almost the exact same question. Can you tell everyone's our, our patron? Corey Davis, Deontay Johnson, Isaiah McKenzie, uh, Garrett Wilson. Full PPR. I think I'm going to sit the Jets. I think I'm going to go Deontay Johnson, Isaiah McKenzie. There's no chance I'm sitting Garrett Wilson for Isaiah McKenzie. That's just not happening. Yeah. I completely agree. <laughs> like, I'm on Garrett Wilson and Deontay Johnson. Will Disley or Zach Ertz? Full PPR. Zach Ertz, oh, Zach Ertz. is in a, yeah. a fantastic matchup. Come on. Uh, Zach Ertz has also just been a, a machine of late, <laughs> just getting targets up the gazoo. Excuse me. Uh, half PPR, pick one f- one RB for the RB2 slot. Eno Benjamin, Rashad White, Alexander Madison. You know. Eno. Eno. Yeah. Eno. I don't need to hear the other options. Yeah, Eno Benjamin. Who do you like more rest of the season? Terry McLaurin or DJ Moore? Terry. 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 Which is saying a lot. Yeah. As, but I want to put or a spin zone a little. on that <laughs> to kind of save my ass. Um, I think DJ Moore might get traded before the trade deadline. If that were to happen, I don't care what team it is, DJ would be higher ranked than Terry. Mm. I like that. All right, let's go to our starts it. Two wide receivers and one flex. Drake London, Garrett Wilson, Michael Gallup, Alec Pierce, Kareem Hunt. Damn. That's right, tough. Repeat that. That's that tough. was a lot of a lot of names and positions. Hunt. So two wide receivers, one flex. London, Wilson, Gallup, Pierce, Hunt. Jeez, Gallup and I'd go Wilson. I think I'd go Wilson, London, Pierce. I think I'd go Gallup, Pierce, Hunt. Go, I'm giving the rookies the 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 shots. Yeah. What do you, wait, Mike upside. just said Wilson, London, Pierce. Yeah. Pierce, the flex and the t- yeah, I agree with Mike. Yep. Oh wow. Okay. I go Gallup, Pierce, Hunt. All right. Pick. Yeah, because I was already Pierce over Hunt. Um, and I was just thinking about uh, you know me being the target share truther that I am. Like I'll probably ride Drake London's target share into the ground. Yeah, that's that's why I'm I'm not <laughs> completely out on London yet. Even if it's a tough matchup. I agree it's as the tier breaker, but I mean, it's not like I have Gallup in a very high tier this week against Philly. Mm -mm. Uh, All right. Next one. Pick two. Half PPR. Alex, Alec Pierce, Rondell Moore, Zay Jones. I think I'm sitting Zay Jones with that bunch. Pick two. Yeah. Just sit Zay. He says, he said a bit and said Bateman, assuming he's active. You have to assume right now. Bateman's not going to be out. Yeah, I, I mean, mean he's not yet, but I guarantee by the time you're listening to this, he will be. Yeah, and <laughs> if Bateman plays, you'd play Bateman, I assume, of of that bunch with Rondell Moore. But it would start. Yeah, two, Bateman right? and Moore. I would start yep. Bateman. Over I want to see Bateman but... full practice though. Yeah. He's one of those injuries that I think they might suit him up, and he plays five snaps. Uh, half PPR: Conklin or Schultz, or pick up Disley, Ingram, Ayton, Irv Smith. This team sucks, so need some upside, I suppose. I mean, I think I, 
honestly, Ingram maybe if you're looking like I think he yeah, is the best. I'm shot picking up Ingram out of that bunch and probably I mean I might man, it's it's tough, but at this point, like you can stash Schultz, but you're not starting him at all until Dak's yeah. back. It's Conklin or Ingram for me. All right. Yeah, agree. This one's gonna be this one's interesting. Uh flex PPR, Juju, Kittle, Zeke, Pickens, Eno. Oh. Eno Benjamin. Juju, Kittle, Zeke. Oh, Eno. Pickens, Eno Benjamin. That's how high I'm on Eno this week, man. Yeah, Eno. I'm gonna go Eno too. That's kind of crazy. Uh, Straight up, yeah. Pick two PPR. James Robinson, DJ Moore, Tony Pollard, Alec Pierce, Michael Gallup, Garrett Wilson. Fuck. Pick two One more PPR. Time. James right. Robinson, <laughs> DJ Moore, Tony Pollard, Alec Pierce, Michael Gallup. Garrett Wilson. I'm going to go with Alec Pierce and Michael Gallup in this one as well. Oh, Wilson and Pierce. Yeah, because I, I I leaned Pierce over Gallup uh, with Mike a little bit earlier, so I'll I'll unfortunately, as much as I hate to do it, agree with him one more time here. The bearded bastard asks, "Is Taysom Hill a must start this week?" I want to hear your guys' thoughts on Taysom. Look, it depends on the options, of course, but Taysom Hill has been a top 12 tight end every week but one this week. So if you have him, more than likely, absolutely yes. What That's it, how I feel about yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, I might take that one further and say that I don't know that he's a must-start tight end, but he's a must-start flex play. Like, you know, it, like even higher tier than that. Like, I think, I think you kind of have to have Taysom in your lineups wherever you can put him at this point. Starts it uh, from Gary. PPR, stack Lazard and Romeo Dubs or go Lazard and Elijah Moore? Oof, ugly. Second option there. I'm going to say stay away from Dubs here. I'm going to go Moore. Hmm. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, I'm starting at Alan Lazard. I, I feel good about, or better about that one than, than Dubs. 100%. Um, half PPR, Dawson Knox, if healthy, or Kate Otten. Uh, Dawson Knox, probably not healthy. Um, you're probably gonna... I, I don't even... Think Dawson Knox has practiced once. Uh, like I'm pretty yeah. sure he's. I don't know if they fully listed him as out, but I'm pretty sure he's like, yeah, not playing. <laughs> Half PPR: J.K. Dobbins, Kareem Hunt, or Kenneth Walker. Kenneth Walker. Oh, Mike. Thankfully, we could disagree. I'm gonna play J.K. <laughs> so I have to be the the breaker, hey? I know J.K. Dobbins didn't have the best game last week, but I, I've said as soon as they started giving him a 60% opportunity share out of the backfield, I would start him every single week. They have been. I'm not turning my back on that. I'm going to go J.K. Dobbins as well. And half PPR, Kate Otten or Will Disley? Kate Otten. Yeah, Cade. Uh, would you start Taysom Hill over Higby or George Kittle? Not Higby. Whew. Kittle has been so rough that I wouldn't hate the idea of starting Hill over him, but I wouldn't play him over Higby. But if you miss out on the George Kittle big yeah. game, you're going to feel like an asshole. You're going to feel like a big asshole, especially if, if Taysom Hill goes and gets you two points on 20 yards rushing. Matt, shout out to you. I When I called the Taysom Hill, I was like, I, I said, uh, power. Uh, Power QB power I write uh, <laughs> to the to the unstoppable moon. Play. to the moon baby to the moon. Um, Taysom Hill could literally sit in the backfield as the quarterback and scream QB power QB power as is audible and teams would not be able to do anything about it. All right, 
All right, next one. KV says, I just got offered Amon Ross St. Brown for Dalvin Cook. Would you do that trade? No. No. I keep Dalvin. No, and I wouldn't do it in Dynasty either. Another trade. Jonathan Taylor and Juju Smith-Schuster would be acquired by Kevin, and he would give away Dalvin Cook and Cortland Sutton. I keep cooking Sutton. Keep cooking Sutton. Uh, I think that's it, guys. Damn. I think Unlimited league. Uh, wait, 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 wait. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh, I got another one. M. Evans 328 says, I'm torn if I should sit Montgomery to... Oh, no, too late. We already met, we already answered that one. Yep, that's it. All right. Let's get into the unlimited league on limited. All right. So we're going to go over the standings again, uh, go over what the top teams did uh, last week and preview the matchup that we are most looking forward to seeing in the unlimited league this week. I, again, by the way, got completely manhandled um, as I just I got, lost my first game. Look at this. Yeah, this guy, did. Matt, is going is logging on right now and, and he made a roster move. I just got the I just got the sleeper notification that Psych Ward FF made a roster move. What? No, I didn't. You didn't? Where where's that from? Is I, it from another league? Did you just an old a... notification, oh, Tim? Maybe it's you know, old, yeah. Maybe, oh, maybe it's an it old tells you when you log in. Yeah, I was making some dynasty moves. <laughs> oh, they realized go. that I only had one quarterback and Derek Carr's on by, so I got me some Geno up in that bitch. Bro, d- did you see someone in that league picked up Taysom Hill? Like, how did we let Taysom Hill just be on the, uh, a waivers? In There's a lot of awesome waivers in that IDP league that there I just is. kind of keep forgetting are alive. It's because <laughs> it's because both of our teams are fucking nasty. Uh, there's not much room for those players. All right, let's get into uh, this unlimited uh, ball division. So Hertz Alerts, who was undefeated as of last week, stays in the top um, in the top number one situation, but he loses for the first time. And AQ Cactus, aka the Bearded Bastard, aka Sofo, um, he is up into second AQ place. AQ Cactus is a good name, <laughs> right? Yeah, because he's from Astoria, Queens, and he's now lives in Arizona. Um, it definitely needed an explanation. Yeah. Uh, we got Return of the TV King, Brandon CC. He's on a four-game winning streak. He moves up into fourth place. Um, Farmer John, Johnny Bravo, after his win, moves up into third place. He moves up into one standings. By the way, the top two stay the same. Uh, Piz, 2-4-3, Tua B or Tua not to be. Uh, three and two. He's on, He won and moved up two spots in the rankings. Uh, Mullen, Lawrence, and Order dropped four spots in the rankings on a four-game losing streak. Uh, John also dropped. You Baker, you Buyer dropped four <laughs> spots uh, to ten. I dropped my ass. Uh, Ken McDuff uh, dropped three spots to twelve. I dropped my ass one spot to thirteenth. And Casanova bringing up the rear. Bro, Casanova only has four hundred and twenty-three points scored. That's what disgusting. the fuck is this guy doing? He doesn't have any quarterbacks. Gary has 421.9, so Gary is edging Cass out for the worst team. <laughs> Gary Gary made a trade in another league, and we kind of gave him a little hard time for it. And uh, he was like, "Damn, I just listened to you guys talk about my team. It has not been a good, has <laughs> not been a good few minutes for me." But shout out to Gary, bro. He's he's a he's a he's a champion. He's a he's he's he also one, one of the yeah. He's a real one, man. We 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 love Gary out here. All right, let's get into the matchup of the week in this. In this one, the matchup of the week here is a matchup of 
some four and one teams, the three seed and the four seed. We got return of the TTV King, Brandon C., who's on a four game winning streak, four and one against Johnny Bravo, who who who's also four and one bounced back from his only loss. So let's see who you guys like in this game. All right. We got on the side of the return of the TTV King. We got a couple of buys. We got a Devontae Adam buy, a Davis Mills buy. So both of his quarterbacks, so two quarterbacks out in the Superflex League. Sorry, uh, Tannehill, Mills, and Devontae Adams at. He still has Lamar Jackson. Let's get into his other guys. Lamar Jackson, Cade Otten, Romeo Dubs, Gabriel Davis, Deontay Johnson, Cam Akers, Tyreek Hill, and Isaiah McKenzie. All right, hit or Not miss. Bad. Hit or miss squad there. Farmer John, on the other hand, has Jamar Chase, Nick Chubb, Mark Andrews, DK Metcalf, Alexander Madison, Devontae Smith, Will Disley, and Zach Ertz. No quarterbacks on the roster here except for Marcus Mariota. Interesting that he's not starting Marcus Mariota over a guy like Will Disley. That's an interesting uh, choice there, I feel like. And he also has ETN on the bench. So maybe he hasn't made his his lineup optimal for this week because he still has... Will Disley in the game, uh, but maybe he's making a really smart choice, and we're just idiots. Uh, who do you guys prefer in this uh, matchup of the third and fourth seeds? Air on the side of the true, the return of the true value king here. I, I think that lineup just has a higher ceiling range of outcomes for their ceiling with some big boomer bust plays. I'm gonna give that side a little bit of an edge as well. You know, we have a thousand dollars waiver, and Johnny Bravo got Will Disley for four hundred dollars. So that's so that's probably why. That seems like a little. That seems like a little bit of an overpay. That's probably why he's starting him over uh, Marcus Mariota. All right, um, Michael, let's talk about the slightly balding division. Take us through it, bro. Yeah, slightly balding division. Drip C team. Drip C is the only undefeated team remaining now. Five and zero after Team Psych Ward. Matt himself falls for the Damn. first time. Four and one. I think me and you, Tim, said Matt was going to lose this past week on the. Uh, on last week's episode, so sorry, Matt, but you're still the only one lost team. In third is Eagle2080, who jumped up two spots. Team KV from BK, after a two-game losing streak, wins in a commanding fashion, jumps up three spots. Team JRXDD is up three spots with another win. Uh, Jovid19 jumps into the playoff picture, into the sixth spot with another win. Back-to-back wins for Jovid19. And then we got some losses. Mark Ham with his... with the Loss drop down four spots. Team thanks Zeke with the loss drop down four spots. Austin City limits down three spots with the loss. After a two game winning streak, I lost again down to tenth place, two and three. And Team Gianluca, Gianluca Martini up one spot, got his uh, second win. Alex could not ride the two game win streak, lost. Um, Alexander the Great. My Balzac Ertz loses second time in a row. No Baldies loses his third straight. And shout out to. Nick Lovin and Gary, the 0-4 teams both win. We have no more winless team, folks. Drop a uh, shout-out to Nick and Gary, both getting their first wins the same week. In terms of matchups, um, there's one that really sticks out, and guess who it is? Mr. Matt Ward, once again, <laughs> with the matchup that sticks out, the second-place team, Matt Ward, versus the fourth-place team, Team KV from BK. And, right, let's, uh, hear it. let's hear it. Matt has C.D. Lamb, A.J. Brown, Michael Gallup, George Pickens, Elijah Moore, Jacoby Myers, Kyler Murray, and Justin Fields currently playing at the moment with about <clears throat> 14 and a half points. Team KV, Justin Fields is 14 and a half points. 
Yes. The yeah, fuck? man, he's been running a little bit. Yes. Team KV from BK. Jerry Judy, Tony Pollard, Brandon Ayuk, Josh Allen, Rondell Moore, Evan Ingram. Ooh, and then he has he has Devontae Adams on by, Darren Waller on by, Cordero Patterson just hit IR, bite. and Derek Carr on by. So he needs to pick someone up. He doesn't even have a next-to-start player. So right now he has Judy, Pollard, Ayuk, Allen, Moore, Ingram, and two play spots that need to be replaced. This is not looking good with uh, that many bye weeks and injuries that just hit Kev. Not looking good. I think I clearly have to give this one to Matt. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't have a player. <laughs> I mean, I'm walking to a victory on that one. Oh, you know what you've Ooh. done now. You've tempted the fates. Yeah. You've tempted I have. the fates, Nats. I have. Matt. Um, if someone wants to tempt your fate, where could they find you? I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about at this point. Where could they find you on Twitter? No, that was a great setup. <laughs> I love that. You can find me at PsychWardFF on all social media platforms. Mike. At BrotoFF Mike. At BrotoFF Tim. At BrotoFF Casanova. At BrotoFF Jason. At Broto Fantasy. At Broto. At. Ah, fuck, I almost did it. At FF by Broto on Twitter. Um, the Fantasy Football by Broto app. Patreon.com slash Broto Fantasy. That's all for us today. I forgot to even sign out. Um, you know, on a personal note, I've been doing this uh, thing called Earn the Turkey. Uh, if you follow me on social media, you see me, I have, uh, it's like a health thing. I'm trying to be very disciplined right now because I think discipline is an important part of, uh, any person's life, uh, particularly a, uh, a young male, uh, a young male's life, because uh, if you're not disciplined, you, you can let your anger, uh, do some things that you might not want it to do. So discipline is something that I practice all t- uh, as much as I can, um, especially around this time of year. And I'm doing five rules. I am fasting 14 hours a night, but I wish I was doing 16, but only allow I could, my schedule only allows for 14. I am eating a paleo diet, no processed foods whatsoever, no sugar whatsoever, um, besides honey and fruit. Um, uh, doing working out four times a week, but moving, uh, doing some sort of move, movement. Oh, Michael, what the my hell? My bad, was that? I completely forgot. Doing some type of movement. Um, <laughs> In the morning, uh, what's the other one? There's there's three more rules. Anyway, uh, if you're interested in that, hit up the Discord. We can make a separate little thing about it. You can join me on my journey. First week down, eight pounds down, you know what I'm saying? Out here. Uh, uh, been working out like 7 a.m. in the morning every morning, and I'm feeling like uh, I'm feeling like a dedicated man. So uh, it's it's uh, it's good stuff. And uh, the best part is that every morning I'm, I'm, I'm urging people to rethink breakfast because for some reason in this country, in this culture, we have a breakfast uh, culture where it's just like we want sugar and we want carbs, like, you know, short, like, uh, you know, simple carbohydrates first thing in the morning. And it's the worst thing you could do for your body. So, I mean, Matt, you're the chef. What are what are your thoughts about you know, the, uh, the standard American diet for breakfast. I mean, you guys eat way too much sugar in the first place. 